This is Jocko Podcast number 99. With Echo Charles and me, Jocko Willink. Good evening, Echo. Good evening. It is a day for Q&A. Let's sure. go. <clears throat> right into it. All right, let's do it. Jocko, hey, Jocko, as the director of our sales department, I require my guys to fill out sales call interaction logs. I have one guy who thinks because the sales are up, this no longer is important, nor does he have the time. How did you handle situations like this? Okay, so as I got this question, I'm like, okay, I've answered this before. I'm not going to answer it again. Yeah. Um, I've gotten something close enough. Yeah. And, and you know what's interesting? I talked to some people now. I talked to a lot of people, and they say, hey, you know, on Q&A, mm-hmm. I know what you're going to say. Yeah. You know? I, I and I'm like, oh, yeah, way. that's awesome. Yeah. They say, I still need to hear it. Sure. Um, but I know what you're going to say. And I said, okay, cool. That's good. That means, you know, people are, are starting to expand their brain a little bit, maybe see a different perspective that they might not have had before. So that's good, in my opinion, right? Yeah. Now, also what I realize is, as, you answer, as I answer these questions, there's additional information, right, that comes out once you make a certain level of understanding, then there's more understanding to be had. Mm. And so that's what I, I realized with this question, as I thought, well, Okay, there's the standard answer, right? The standard answer is, okay, you got people and they're not doing what you want them to do. Mm-hmm. And what do you do then? Well, th- the fact is, th- the real standard answer that everybody now knows, if you've been listening to podcasts, is they need to know why they're doing what they're doing. They need to know why it's important. They need to know how them filling out those forms will help the company and therefore help the individual that needs to fill out the forms because it'll provide better intel mm-hmm. with the, to the company that will provide them more accurate advertising, which will in turn make them be able to sell more, which will in turn make the cost to produce the product go down because they're selling more and that means he has better pricing to sell things with and he'll be able to sell more and make more money. And, and so you have to tie that whole through, thread through. That's kind of the standard answer. Mm-hmm which everybody should know. If someone's not doing what you want them to do, you need to make sure they understand why they need to do it, why it's important, how it ties back to them. Okay, so boom. We get done with that standard answer. Now there's the next level, right? Mm. Now we're going like to purple belt. Sure. <laughs> purple belt. And, and here's the non-standard answer, here's the advanced answer, or the purple belt answer, is okay, now let's ask yourself, this piece of paper that you're having them fill out, is it really actually important? <laughs> is it actually important? What purpose does it actually serve? Because you you want this guy who's a who's a good producer, his sales are up, and you want him to continue to fill out these sales interaction logs so that you can track and make sure that he's making enough calls, that he's got to write the right approach, that he's using the right verbiage when he's talking to his customers or clients. And so you want him to fill this out, but now he's actually doing well. And you got to ask yourself, like, okay, what purpose is this thing serving? Now that the guy is doing well, what purpose is it serving? Maybe at a certain level, you say, you know what? You don't need to fill that out anymore. If you sell 10 units a day, you don't need to fill this out anymore. If you sell eight a day, you got to fill out your logs because we got to check and see what you're doing. Yeah. That's, or are you just making this person do it because... That's what everyone does. So if you can't if you can't answer the question yourself why it's important, then maybe you should check why you have this thing in place. So 
again, we put things in place to help people, but at a certain point, it is possible that they don't need to do it anymore. The, some salespeople, if you know, maybe you want people to make eight phone calls a day, and you want them to log down what they did. Okay, what what if this guy's doing twenty eight phone calls a day, mm-hmm. and and he wants to get to thirty eight phone calls a day, but he can't because he's filling out your paperwork. Yeah. Okay, so if people are meeting the numbers. Maybe you raise the bar a little bit, make him, and and you give him more freedom. He's got the self discipline, right? He's got the discipline to make calls. He's making the numbers. His numbers are up. Okay, give him some more freedom. Maybe you can turn that into more production. If he starts to lag off, guess what? Hey, bud, if you keep selling ten units a day, we're good. You don't need to fill out this crap. Yeah. You go to nine, you're back on the back on the filling out of paperwork. Guess what he's gonna do? He's gonna sell ten every day. He's gonna sell twelve. He's gonna sell fifteen. Yeah, right? yeah. And then I would tell him, I'd say, hey, look, if you sell fifteen units a day, I'm gonna fill out a piece of paperwork that says you're awesome. <laughs> I'm gonna do it every time you sell fifteen units. Yep, that's good. Boom, little fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's it. Yep. There's there's the there's the white, maybe three stripe white belt answer. Everyone sure. should know at this point. Followed by. A little bit more advanced purple yeah. belt move uma plata <laughs> sure <laughs> at the same time that's not to say that it's guaranteed not important not at all you're just saying make that evaluation not at all and there there is a chance that i'm wrong right that the paperwork that gets filled out actually really does get put right. into a data file that can be, then be used to to you know target certain customers or follow up with certain customers and if yeah. that's the fact you explain it to the guy and how it's going to benefit him and we're back to answer number one which worked yeah which is fine yeah there you go Dang. right and wrong it, right man. and wrong are interesting concepts yeah and and people sometimes get wrapped around right and wrong yeah they just think that there's a right answer and there's a wrong answer yeah and and many times neither question or neither answer is right or wrong or both answers are right and wrong yeah, so yeah. you got to open your mind yeah. on these things you got to open your mind you know it's, it's like we talk about with jujitsu schools mm-hmm. should a jiu-jitsu, should a jujitsu school be strict bow to your professor everyone wear the same uniform um not allowed to ask people to roll or should it be hey wear whatever you want the instructor's named jocko and go in there and cruise and train hard yeah. w- which one is right the answer is they're both right. You yeah. can both of those have benefits, mm-hmm. and some people flourish in one kind of school, and some people flourish in another kind of school. And you can't say one's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Same thing. I used to run in the slot with in the SEAL teams with tactics. Mm-hmm. Like, should we enter the room like this, or like this? And the the answer is actually, well, which is better in that scenario? Yeah. And sometimes this one's better, and sometimes that one's better. Mm-hmm. And so, if your mind can be more open. You'll be able to use more options, which is beneficial. Yeah, that scenario kind of reminded me of one of my. Fr- it was a friend of a friend, and <clears throat> it was actually my friend's friend's wife. And she was saying, "Yeah, she's kind of making light of the fact that they force their kids to watch a, a Charger game or something mm-hmm. on this day or whatever, and the kids don't like." football mm-hmm. or the kid the one kid don't like doesn't like football doesn't like watching football doesn't like this whole thing she and she was like oh no it's a it was, it's a tradition you know so you know we make them do it it's a tradition all this stuff mm-hmm. so i'm kind of thinking like okay i mean that's cool that it's like your tradition but like no one likes it 
Like, so what is the tradition doing? I mean, I understand, like, if you have a tradition, everyone likes it. Or the yeah. tradition, and it improves, like, I don't know, the cohesion of the family and or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, for all these beneficial reasons, in one way or another, beneficial. But, I mean, if you're doing it just for the sake of, you know, the tradition, yeah. like this paperwork situation. And also, what are you doing if you're telling your kid, like, no, you'll watch the football game? Yeah. Especially now that everyone hates the Chargers <laughs> because they left San Diego. Yeah, this was right? a long time ago. But uh, yeah, yeah. But, but if you tell your kid, hey, no, it's a time for our family to get together and you don't got to watch the game, but hang out. We're going to have some hot dogs. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah, and, yeah. and we're just, that's what it is. Yeah. It's not about staring at the, at the screen, uh, watching something that you don't yeah. like. Yeah. It's about hanging out, you know, grandma's coming over, yeah. auntie's coming over, Sure, we're going to cruise, we're going to eat yeah. barbecued chicken, right? Yeah. Yep. I, That's uh, different yeah, sure. than, hey, you sit down and watch the football game. Yeah. But when kids reach a certain age, they don't want to hang out with you for a certain time period. That's what started my whole argument right there. Yeah. With, not, it wasn't an argument, but that's what started my little discourse. Yeah. At a certain time period, your children are supposed to rebel against you. Yeah. Somewhat, because they because they have to convince themselves in their mind that they they, they they they're going to leave, yeah, and they're going to be on their own, mm-hmm. and and something in their mind triggers that to be like, okay, I need to separate myself from these other humans that have been caring for me yeah. since I was wearing diapers, yeah, and now I need to get that out of my head and figure out how to survive on my own. So they they do that by rebelling against you and saying, mm-hmm. I don't want this stupid football game, yeah, I want to go to my friend Mary's house, yeah. We're gonna do something over there, right? That's, that's yeah. Where it do, heads. do you think that there's an element of like a pre- you know how like when you're a kid and you hit like 13, 12, 13 years old, you start to get this like empowered feeling, you know, because you're like physically kind of growing up, and then your parents are kind of you have this feeling of oppression. Not that your parents yeah, oppress all those you. things are totally. That's exactly what I'm saying. So you're, yeah. I'm like. It's so it's like an actual rebellion. Like yes. you can oppress me no more. Yes. I don't have to ride with you. You right. know, I don't have to walk with you in the nope. mall. No, nope. I'm yeah. out. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and you're trying to do that because you realize subconsciously that these people are not going to be here. I need yeah. to learn how to fend for myself. I need to get out of the nest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get out of the Start nest. Start flapping them wings. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. Right. But. The tradition just for the sake of the tradition because actually my whole argument with the lady was that was trying to not necessarily prove but try to find out whether or not she even thought about it like why are Again, you making my point is that there it? are traditions that are important right within a family within a culture but if you lose fact if you lose if you don't understand the meaning of the tradition yeah then it doesn't make sense to you yeah so then you don't care about it yeah but if you say hey look this is our family, and this is when we get together. This is the only time. It's a tradition, yeah. so we're going to do it. Yeah. And that way we get to know each other, and that way we keep connected. Yep. We can help each other. Cohesion. Cohesion. Next question. Jocko, as a leader, at what point am I allowed to go to others and say, I need you because I recognize I'm not capable of pushing toward forward on my own? Or should that be an instance where I need to take a step back and apply more discipline to my life and find a way to push forward by myself? Okay. You are allowed to say that to your team member immediately that you need them. Mm. Absolutely. If you, of course you need your team because if you didn't need your team, why would they be there? Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you can do everything yourself, then you don't have a team. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You just do everything yourself. So uh, while you, of course, should be working hard and you should be applying discipline, as a leader, it's your job to actually lead things. 
and to let other people support and make things happen. And there's nothing wrong with that. You and, and also you don't want to be stuck in the weeds doing minute things. So If you're not capable, I think what might be holding this individual back, there's two things. Number one is, I feel like I should take extreme ownership of everything. I feel like I should just do everything myself. That is not what extreme ownership is. Extreme ownership isn't doing everything yourself. And also, what can come into play is your ego, because you don't want to ask people for help. And that's not a good sign. There's nothing wrong with asking people for help if you need it. In fact, that's the humble thing to do. Hey, Echo, I don't know how to quite finish out this you know this thing up this project I'm working out can you give me a hand with this mm-hmm. I don't know how to work a video recorder yeah, can you yeah. show me how to do that right sure. yeah. whatever um, so so there's no problem with that you're allowed to ask you can you can say that immediately in fact your team should feel that you are counting on them and relying on them they should know that and then put your ego aside ask for help no problem that doesn't mean you're giving away that doesn't mean you're not taking ownership that doesn't mean you're not applying discipline it means you're working as a team together to accomplish a mission. Again, if a, t- if, a, if a mission is so easy that you can accomplish it yourself, you don't need a team. Why do you have them? Mm-hmm. If you can do it all yourself just by applying discipline, cool. Mm-hmm. You don't need anyone else. If you're, you're, but your mission should be larger than one human being can accomplish. So that's why you have other people on board to help you out. Yeah. No problem. You know, like, I always think when, when that I happens, thought we made it out of that question. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no, but you know how, like, let's say it's like something that's just a pain in the ass and you don't really need help, but you just don't want to do it by yourself. Oh, okay. Well you know then, then yeah, then, then you, you got to do, do it that yourself. by yourself. It, huh? Yes. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of where this is coming from ultimately because it's you like, know, I'm not saying that if you're the, if you're, if you have a position in a company where you shouldn't be doing some sort of task because it's not financially efficient to have you know, a person that's making $150,000 a year doing a task that someone that's making $10 an hour should be doing. Mm-hmm. So, so you shouldn't do that. That's not what I'm advocating. And a company won't, won't be doing well. Yeah. If you're paying people $150,000 a year that you could get someone to do for $10 an hour. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. So don't get me wrong. Yeah. But that's why we have a team so that you can focus on going forward and whatever it is you need to be focused on and somebody that's below you in the chain of command that's a member of your team that's getting paid ten dollars an hour can do some of the stuff that you need him to do yeah yeah and the the question actually is is really clear because it's because quote unquote because i recognize i'm not capable of pushing Mm. you know it's kind of like it's obvious to you that you need help it's not that you're you know raking leaves and i don't want to do this all by myself so hey you know you tell your brother come help me it's not that it's different yeah and if you need to get the the leaves raked and and you need them done by monday so you can get them in the bags so that the dump truck can come and take the leaves away Mm -hmm. And you can't physically get it done, then you yeah. you say to your brother, "Hey, can you give me a hand? I need to get these done tonight before the sun goes down. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna be able to make it in time. Can you give me a hand?" Yeah. Your brother says, "Absolutely." Hell yeah, got your back. Next question: What's the best way to deal with feedback you don't agree with? My manager give my manager gives me feedback on my personality that I don't agree with. I'm only in the company five months and he doesn't know enough about me to make the comments he's making. I find myself wanting a con- wanting to contest with what he's saying, but I 
believe this will ultimately end poorly for me. It's frustrating for me to listen to feedback from him about my personality when my friends and family would disagree with him. Okay, again, this is one of those questions that I think people that listen to podcasts know what the answer is. What you do when someone's giving you feedback is you listen to it and you try and make adjustments. Get in their head and figure out where this is coming from. They're obviously saying this for some reason. Mm-hmm. And maybe the reason is because they have a big ego or they don't understand people very well, and that's fine. And if you know that, then you just learn something about them. Mm-hmm. But also, you you might not know yourself as well as you think you do. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously, if you contest what someone's saying, you're gonna look like you can't take critique, so you're right, that's not a good approach to take. Furthermore, what you're saying is that your friends and family wouldn't agree with this guy? Well, guess what, (laughs) they're your friends and family, right? (laughs) It's like the dude's mom that, you know, the dude's mom always thinks the dude's handsome, right? (laughs) The dude's not handsome. Yep. But his mom thinks he's handsome, yep. and he, you know, your friends and family think, oh, I, I can't believe they'd say that about you. Well, yeah. that's your friends and family. Yeah. There's a reason why you have friends, because they like you. Yeah. They, they, whatever pers- part of your personality is, is not cool, they're over it, or yeah, they can yeah, deal with it. Yeah. Well, this, this boss, the manager, can't deal with it. He doesn't know how to deal with it yet. So, like I said, when someone gives you critique, you should actually listen. This is what people have such a hard time with. Yeah. And you should actually listen and say, okay, well, maybe I'm too aggressive. Maybe I'm, you know, too close-minded. Whatever, whatever critique point you're getting, mm-hmm. listen to them. Maybe someone's like, hey, I don't think you take critique very well, and you're like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Of course, I take critique well. You don't know, yeah. what, you know. That's what. That's my point. Yeah. So, and the, the other thing, like I said, is in doing this, the manager is actually telling you something about their personality and and their views and their judgment so learn from that learn what they're they're teaching you about their personality which is going to help you better influence and manipulate and work with work with that person in the future and perhaps help make them into a better leader and a better supporter of what it is that you're trying to do mm. so Calm down, relax. One of the best things you can do when someone, when someone says to you, "Hey, I think you're screwing this up," it's like, "Oh, l- l- hold on, let me, let me, let me grab a notebook. I just want to take notes and make sure I, I understand where you're coming from, so I can, I can make some adjustments. I'm always looking to get better." Yeah, that yeah. might be a little extreme, but you know. Yeah. No. Hold on no. a second. Let me get my notebook. Yeah. So I can take notes because I want to get better. Okay. Well, yeah. I overdid that just <laughs> yeah. a little if bit. If you say it in that tone, <laughs> yeah, it's it's. But, but no, some people, uh, some people, they'll take notes. You know how like For some sure. people they like take the, taking notes. I kind of feel the, good. The, when that. I was when I was running the West Coast SEAL training, the the good officers, like there would be some officers when when I'd be putting out word to them, they'd be taking notes. Yeah, that's good. And and I was you know when I first saw it, it was kind of like mm, surprised me. Yeah. Um, okay, this guy's just straight up taking notes on yeah. what I'm telling. You. He's a one-on-one conversation. He's he's sitting there like taking notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to remember so, that get stuff. Some. But but if he said it with your tone, be like, hold on. Oh, Jocko's gonna say something. Let me get out my notebook. Oh no, you well, know, that's, like, yeah, that's, that's a, sarcastic. Yeah, yeah. But See. there's also not just being sarcastic. I was leaning towards more like the brown noser. Oh, that guy. Like, okay. Oh, oh, Echo, you're gonna give me some feedback. Hold on one second. I want to get my notes out so I can make sure I do exactly what you're telling me to do. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, yeah. See, again with the tone. Yeah. I think you know. Tone goes that a middle, long way. Middle ground, I think. Yeah. Who is it? Sarah Armstrong, I think, pointed out on Twitter something about tone and 
body language in some psychological survey makes up more than half of what is actually being said yeah and i heard that too um and i was like "Eh, that that sounds cool but i mean you know maybe maybe not because if someone says something it's pretty clear but then i it's kind of stuck with me and it's true like i could literally say the same like i don't know 10 words to you in all these different tones and they would mean 10 different things oh for sure like you can like it's actually baffling and surprising how much we can actually communicate. Like if I if I make a joke to you, like mm-hmm. something, you don't know my level of sarcasm. You don't know necessarily. You have to know the person, you know, like mm-hmm. so there's all these things that, that have to be in place for you to effectively be communicated to. Yeah. So like let's say you overhear a conversation in the next room. Like you could easily miss the whole point of the conversation, even though you heard every word. Because you don't know if they're joking, you don't know if they're serious, you don't know if one guy's mad, you don't know if one guy's getting scolded, and they can take the same exact, or they can say the same exact words, but they're just saying different things coming from different places. That's where you you end up a lot of communication problems with email, where someone emails a joke, they're joking about something, and then someone takes it seriously, and next thing you know, people are flying off the handle. Yeah. I always had that rule in my SEAL platoons and tasking, you weren't allowed to joke on the radio. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the main reason for that rule is because you you don't want other people outside your organization to hear it and take it the wrong way. Same mm-hmm. thing, but it's the same thing with email. Unless you know someone really, really well, That's really, same. really well, yeah. you better. It's better to keep the sarcastic comments and just yeah. be straightforward and and speak plainly yeah. when you're in email when you're communicating with yeah. people. It's a lot. It's a lot easier. And then even with that, see, bro, there's no escape from this. Even with that, you could easily come off as like too rigid, or yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. or it's yeah, like, dang, yeah. is this guy? Does this guy not like me? Yeah, you know, no, like a, you're, you're exactly it's your right. second email, and he's like, that's why communication is important. That's why yeah. learning how to to write well is important. That's yeah. why little words that you put in matter in yeah. in, the, in the phrases and the sentences. They matter. They yeah. make a difference. Thus, the event, invention of emojis. <laughs> Yep. I've See, been using pe- some emojis. Yeah, lately. no, you're very into emojis. And I am now. Yeah. I, I sometimes I I I I must say that I think you communicate very well with emojis Thanks. because even though you don't sometimes use any words in a text to me, I fully understand what you mean mm-hmm. by lightning bolt, lightning bolt, lightning bolt, <laughs> rainbow, rainbow, lightning bolt, thumbs up. Shaka fire. Shaka fire. Yep. <laughs> Very clear, right? Yeah. No. I. I'm, oh, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with that. Shaka yeah. fire. Yeah. I forgot about fire. You do quite a bit of fire. Yeah. The lightning bolt and fire I use, and then the shaka for sure, and the rainbow. With you, I use a rainbow a lot because sure. I gotta lighten up the mood. <laughs> but it helps, man. It helps. It's weird. It seems like a child thing. I don't. You know, like emoticons. I don't like emojis. Yeah, but you're kind of like that in real life too. No, I know, but it's. It seems like to me, it's, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's like a kid, maybe your little daughter would do it or something. Yeah. It's what oh, it, my daughter will send me 875 <laughs> emojis from my wife's phone. Yeah, yeah, all of them. See if she can fit them yeah. all in. Yeah, man. And I good. send back, okay. Yeah, yeah, see, but you're like that in real life too, though. That's the mm. thing. Like if, you, like if you, you know that you're running the risk of sounding too, like, you know like stoic or whatever Mm -hmm. you know like if you if you have to answer a question with yes Mm -hmm. when in whatever the question is it's a yes or no question and you answer yes affirmatively Mm -hmm. right you'll put yes period 
and that'll come off as like, oh, Jock was like, I don't know, what up with this guy? Is too serious or something, you know? Instead of, yes, exclamation point. Yes, two exclamation points, lightning bolt, fire, rainbow, <laughs> or something like that. That gives away a little bit more yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, yours yeah. just like, yes. It's as if you're just looking someone in their eye yeah. and going, yes. That's and what that's I mean. It. I know, that's what I'm saying. You're really <laughs> like that in real life. <laughs> Most uh, of the time. Right on. Anyway. Lightning bolt fire. Yeah, man. Those emojis. Mm. Throw them in there. Don't overdo it. Double shaka. Double shaka, yeah. What's the highest level of emoji approval you can send me? <sighs> three lightning bolts, three fires, three shakas, three rainbows. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, three of everything. If you go four, it's like, that's uh, too much. Like, you shouldn't do four. Four is dumb already, you know? Oh, uh. plus depends on what I say though. So, like, if there's if it's a word, <laughs> uh, the vowel in the word will they'll be like that's that can be infinite. What, what do you mean? Like, if I put I don't know, you know how like you'll tell me something exciting and I'll put mm-hmm. I don't know, I'll put dang <laughs> instead of d a n g, I'll put d lowercase a depending on the level of excitement a a a a a a that can go infinitely. By the way, that can span twenty text messages even. Over 20 days, and that's how <laughs> infinite it can be. Then the first half of the A's are lowercase. The second half of the A's are uppercase. The N, maybe 10 N's, three G's, <laughs> all capital. Then, you know, then. So it depends. Uh, it just depends. It just depends. But yeah, yes. Well, like I said, I think you communicate well but, with the Yeah, that's what I'm saying. On a, on a serious <laughs> note, in regards to communication, that is effective. You know what I mean? You yeah, can yeah, sense my yeah. level of excitement as opposed to cool period yeah yeah you know no what I'm saying? no you're you're you were you're better with hieroglyphics yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny yeah, man. <laughs> it's life uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway next question if you uh, if we're ready yeah, if we're ready right. sorry no no all good Dearest. It puts me in a good mood, I guess. The, yeah. the rainbow emojis. <laughs> <laughs> it does, man. Shits light uh, on things. It's yeah. good. Dearest Jocko, speaking of lighthearted, uh, nice emotions, dearest Jocko. You just skipped number four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, my bad, my bad, my bad. Okay. Jocko, what is the difference between extreme ownership versus the easy button? Can you elaborate? I just need a little more clarification to connect the dots in my situation. Okay. Uh, again, so as a leader, yes, of course, you are supposed to take ownership of everything, extreme ownership of everything. That's what we talk about all the time. But does this mean that you say, I will do this and I will do that and I will do the other thing and I will do everything that the team is supposed to be doing? No, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. Now, ownership does mean that you get things done. You are responsible for making sure things get done. That's what ownership is. It is. Our team is in charge of something. If our team is in charge of a project and and we don't get it done, it's my fault. It's not anybody else's fault. Mm. So that's that's what it is. It means you take responsibility when things go wrong. It means you take responsibility for problems and you get them fixed. That's definitely ownership. Now, the easy button, and when I talk about the easy button in a negative way, because that's what I'm doing here. It's when your subordinates come to you and say, how should I do this? Or, or what's the best way to execute this? Or can you, can you tell me a good plan on, on how we should make this happen? Or even 
hey, there's bad news. Can you come tell my people? Because I don't really want to do it. Now, if you say yes to those types of things on a regular basis, then what you're doing is you're actually you're actually stunting the growth of your subordinate leader. Because instead, when you come to me and you say, hey, Jocko, we got this mission, we got a plan. How do you think we should do it? If I say, okay, we should come in from the north, you should you know, set up an overwatch position here, you should move through the target from this direction, you, you, you just didn't learn anything. You just took what I told you. Mm-hmm. Instead I say, well, go c- come up with your best plan and come back to me and brief me on it. Mm-hmm. And so now, y- you might be kind of bummed out because you wanted you didn't have, want to have to do this extra work, mm-hmm. but now you gotta go do a little extra work, but now you're learning. Yeah, right. And in two or three times, you're not even gonna come to ask me anymore, you're gonna come with a plan, and because we already did a cycle, cycle after cycle of you saying, hey, here's my plan, and me saying, hey, make this adjustment, and you come back next time, you say, here's my plan, and I say, make this little adjustment, and eventually you know to make those adjustments on your own, and now you can do it by yourself. And that's what we want. I don't wanna stunt the growth of my subordinate leader, so I don't want to be an easy button. Um, gotcha. So you're providing the easy button, like that's what they're talking about when they say easy button. Yeah, yeah. If like you don't want to be the you don't want to be the easy button for everybody else, and, uh, and also, you, no one's going to be able to take your job from you, which is actually what you want. You yeah, want yeah. I want to make every one of my subordinates so good that they can take my job from me. That means I can step up and look forward and look out, and they can do a better job of handling what they've got to handle. And eventually, when it's my time to get promoted, I got people to take my place. And we're all good. Um, of course, that doesn't mean leave them blind or let them fail. Don't do that. Give you want to give them rope, but you don't give them enough rope to hang themselves. Yeah. <laughs> you give them enough rope that they maybe get a little knot in the rope and it gets sure. a little bit sloppy. And you and then you go over to me and say, "Hey, there's a knot here. Let me help you get that untied." Mm. And now you give them the rope again. Right, right. So you don't you know in in a in the military. You, you don't let someone go do a mission that's real where someone's gonna get hurt killed or mission failure Because you wanted to not be the easy button. No, you don't do that mm-hmm. in the civilian sector You don't let someone lose a big client or lose a bunch of money or make a mistake that costs a bunch of capital Because you didn't want to be the easy button. No, no I'm now might you let someone make a little mistake sure yeah. little mistake that costs them a little bit of money sure yeah. So they learn a lesson sure, yeah. but you don't let them fall in your face. You don't let them hang hang themselves yeah. So that's that Next question. Dearest Jocko, a question for you and the podcast. Our fire department promotion process has role-playing scenarios. In those role-playing scenarios, I lose points because I'm not outwardly passionate, quote-unquote, enough. I would have to fake it to succeed, and I'm not a fake person. Is this worth it to fake it when seeking promotion? It's not like I'm going to fake it once I attain the promotion. Okay. This is a this is a very cool question. I like yeah. this question a lot. And actually on this guy sent me this question on Facebook. I responded very quickly and simply. Mm-hmm. My response was play the game. Yeah. So fake it. Play the game. Yeah, yeah. And and you know what he wrote back? Got it. Yeah. So yeah. good for him. Yeah. Because what everybody I think thinks I'm gonna say is like, no, you be yeah. true to yourself. No, you don't yeah. play the game. Yeah, you're not gonna yeah. get up there and act all passionate about stuff. You're you. You're hardcore. No. Yeah. Play the yeah. game. Now you you because you, what you're doing, you play the game. You you want to do a good job, and you're doing your job. And doing your job, doing any job requires some level of faking it. Yeah. Now, does this mean that you're a fake person? No, it means that you're trying to do a good job. Think if every time that your boss came in with a dumb idea 
and you your reaction was to say that's a dumb idea yeah yeah is that gonna get you anywhere or every time a customer had an idiot idi- idiotic complaint about something you were like hey you're an idiot yeah <laughs> or every time your wife said uh, you know is this chicken dry and you said it's drier than a piece of cardboard in the Sahara Desert is that is that you know would you would you benefit from that how would that work out the answer is you would he would not work out well in any of those cases you have to play the game you have to play the game and I know I know that that's hard and I'll tell you what I did to get myself over playing the game. I I turned it into a game mm-hmm. in my head. I was like, I'm I'm gonna build a relationship with this boss that I don't like. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. do it. Yeah. I'm gonna build the best relationship. That's my game. I'm gonna I'm gonna become this guy's bro, right? When I was at Officer Candidate School, you gotta do the most ridiculous rules. They have these these rules that you've got to follow. That were really annoying, mm-hmm. and you know what I did? I I executed the rules harder and more stringently than than anybody thought was even remotely necessary, mm. and had fun with it. I played that game. I, you know, if I've got a peer that maybe I'm competing with, or there's some tension, I'm going to support them. I'm gonna play the game. That's what I'm saying. You gotta play the game. Now, does this make me a bad person or a fake person? No. Why? Because you're doing this. The reason you're playing the game, the reason you're acting this way is for benevolent reasons, Mm. right? This this guy at the fire department, he's not trying to get promoted so that he can usurp the powers and, and take over, no. He's trying to get into a position where he can better lead and serve and and step up and raise young leaders underneath and that that's what you're trying to do You're not trying to sneak into a position you don't deserve and you're not trying to build relationships So you can take advantage of people for your own benefit mm-hmm. that that would be a fake person Yeah In my opinion you're trying to move but if you're trying to move up in rank so you can do better and you can take care of the troops and you can increase readiness There's nothing wrong with that and if you don't play the game to at some level, you're not going to get promoted. And guess what? Then people that played the game that might be less, less qualified to do that job, they're going to get the job because mm. you wouldn't play the game. You're too stubborn. Your ego is too big. So you got to put that aside. And, and I'll tell you something else. Learn from what you're being told. Mm. If if you're showing no passion if you're showing like zero emotion that's bad people will not connect with you and if they don't connect with you they don't follow you if they don't connect with you you're not building relationships with people if you don't have relationships with people you don't have a good team so show a little bit of passion sometimes you got to fake it that's fine you're just a really unpassionate person cool show a little bit of passion Mm. fake it a little bit learn it a little bit because yeah. it's actually going to be beneficial. Yeah, yeah. I would love for you to fake it for a little while until you you start caring. Yeah. What like what are you not passionate about? Are you not passionate about the job? Are you not passionate about you're a firefighter about saving people's lives? Are you not passionate about having a squared away department? You, of course, you're passionate about that stuff. Otherwise, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be sending me a message saying, "Hey, how do I get advanced? How do I do, how do I do better?" Yeah. You are passionate about it. 
and that's fine. It's good. Um, I say it all the time. You know, if you don't have any emotions, you're a robot, and robots people don't follow robots. Yeah. So sometimes you got to show a little bit of that emotion and passion to connect with people, and that's okay. Yeah. Don't be scared, homie. Yeah, don't be scared, homie. Yeah, because that's really the thing, right? Is showing it. Of course, you're passionate about, but showing it because different people they something. Brian, I dig it. I I don't want to always be like showing how fired up I am all the time or whatever in in whatever scenario, whatever. But you're right. That does help. Yeah. Like when you, it, you well, tell you, someone's excited it, about it's, it. It's and there's a there's a dichotomy here. Yeah. Because there's some people that will show too much emotions. Yeah. And there's some people that will not show enough. Right. So you want to be somewhere balanced in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I dig it too when because it does feel like faking it. Because like in in football, the tradition is like to be fired up on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's let's go. You know, like that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But bro, sometimes you don't have the energy for that. Or sometimes you're kind of just nervous and you want to focus on what you got to do or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. But it's kind of part of the game, you know. And and it does help the people around you too. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, okay, he's fired up. Okay, maybe I'm not fired up now, but he's kind of getting me fired up, you know. And it kind of like helps the team. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, sometimes it doesn't feel that comfortable to do, express outwardly, you know, how passionate, but it helps. Plus it's fake, like faking it. That's like a framing thing too. You know how like you frame, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. If you frame it like you're faking it versus how you said you're playing the game. Right. You're you know? playing the game because you want to do a better job. Yeah. You want to get promoted. You want to, you want to get promoted for the right reasons. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's good. I think. If you can kind of bend and stretch yourself in an uncomfortable way for the yeah. benefit, you know? You know, I think where people, I think that term of faking it, no one wants to be a fake person. Right, right, that, yes. Which, oh, which, is, which is why you're correct in that the way that's framed yeah. is I'm being a fake person. Yeah. And no one wants to be a fake person. Yeah. At the same time, y- you have to grow. Yeah. And you have to adjust. And if you're going to be in a leadership position, you're going to do things that you don't, that you wouldn't, man, I do that all the time. Yeah. I mean, when I was in the military, you know, I worked with people that I, you know, I've said this before, I, I worked with people both below me in the chain of command and up above me in the chain of command that I despised. They never knew it. They don't know who they are right now. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so I'll you, you, you got you got Does that make me a fake person? No, makes me a professional. Makes yeah. me a professional at doing my job. Because I wasn't going to get let some little personal emotion of mine or some. Oh, that guy's does this, and I don't like that, so I'm not going to like him. And and now we have an adversary relationship, and now I got a problem. Yeah. No, I'm playing the game. Yeah. Play the game. So where's the line? What is a fake person genuinely? Well. Uh, I was going to say, you asked me what the line is. The line is if you go against what your principles are. Yeah. You know, so if you've got fundamental principles that they say, oh, if you want this job, what we need to, you to do is fill out a report about Billy saying that he did something wrong that you know he didn't do wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? And you go, no, I'm not going to do that. That, that, that's, what, that's bad, right? Yeah. That's not, now you're not just playing the game. Now you're going against your principles of being a, an honest person about what's happening. Yeah, this, that's really what it is, right? Like the honesty when you're a fake person. So like if someone's like, oh, I'm faking it or, or I'm being a fake person. How you said mm-hmm. a fake person. 
like turning on some passion, some manufactured passion for the sake of the team and stuff like that, that doesn't feel like you're a fake person. Fake person is kind of like you'll sit like someone, I don't know, for example, someone's in the room and you're like, hey, you're great. That shirt looks great and you're doing a great job. They leave and be like, that guy sucks so right. bad. You the know, reason, like I'll tell you the difference. The reason that someone, the reason that you would consider someone and be angry that someone's a fake person is when they are doing it because they're doing it for personal benefit. Oh, yeah. They're, they're saying, like, if... If 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 you were my boss, and I come in and I say, "Hey, Echo, I, I really like your new haircut. Looks great." Mm. I, I don't really think that. Yeah. I think your haircut looks dumb, but I'm going to say that anyways. And everyone knows that all I want to do is get that next promotion. Yeah, that's being gotcha. fake. Yeah, makes sense. That's being fake. Mm-hmm. But if if I'm saying, because well, what am I really doing? What I'm doing is I'm 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 making an adaptation. I'm growing. I'm I'm doing something that I'm uncomfortable with because I know it's going to make me a better leader. Mm. Well, that's what I should be doing is trying to become a better leader. Yeah. Now again, if there, if if in this whatever organization, what you have to do is is do something that you don't agree with and it's it's the wrong thing to do and you do it anyways, well then then that's 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 that's, that's almost a totally different thing. There's that then there's, hey, I'm gonna kiss ass right. so that I get promoted. It's all about me. Mm-hmm. And, and that's probably the what we think of the definition of a, yeah. a fake, fake person. person. Yeah. These guys are crazy. Next question. I saw a weakness in you on your latest podcast. You seem to overlook the fact that some infant children were raised in undisciplined environments with undisciplined parents. They grow up having modeled these undisciplined examples. I hate the fact that I have gross undisciplined behavior. Solving this is a major priority in my life. You have zero idea of what it of what this experience is like for me. You seem blind to this struggle like a father who would ignore their child's struggle and offer only the words man up so this is a good question and I I see where uh, this guy's coming from for sure and I know that it can be very very frustrating to try and become disciplined and I apologize that I haven't talked about the fact of, of what to do if you come from an undisciplined family or you have undisciplined parents I haven't really talked about what to do in that situation, but there's a reason that I haven't talked about that before, and that is because you don't get discipline from your parents. You don't get discipline from your parents, from your grandparents, from your older brothers and sisters. You don't get discipline from an external source. You have to get it from you. That's what self-discipline is. You get it from yourself, you get it from you. So there's people from every possible background, from no parents to crazy parents to you know drug addicted parents to super squared away parents and everywhere in between on that spectrum that are completely disciplined people, more disciplined than anyone I know. It doesn't come from your parents. You don't inherit it. And there's another piece here. 
it's called ownership, right? It's called ownership. And if you're if you want to blame other people for the problem, and, and I say this all the time, if you don't take ownership of the problem, the problem's not going to get solved. So if you blame your parents for not having raised you in a disciplined environment, you're not going to solve that problem. You're looking at your parents saying, if you would have done a better job being more disciplined for me, I would be more disciplined now. Mm-hmm. So that means that means you can't do anything. The fact of the matter is it's wrong. You actually can do something. And it doesn't matter what, how your parents raised you and brought you up. You can have the discipline you need to decide to do it. So as long as you're blaming other people. I mean, if, if you blame me for not discussing it, you blame me for having zero idea what that experience is like, you blame your parents for not raising you this way, as long as you're blaming other people, as long as you're counting on other people to give you discipline, as long as you do that, you will not have it. So, again, I, I, I'm sorry, I should have made that, I should make that more clearly, and I'm trying to make it more clearly now, and, and like my parents, my parents are, are good people. They had successful careers as as educators in public schools. And my mom eventually became, uh, went into school administration. My dad taught in high school for 30 something years and they were good hardworking people. And, uh, but I'll tell you, they were no, they were no extraordinary preachers of discipline. (laughs) And I'll tell you, I, I, in fact, I, I, never remember either one of them ever using the term or referring to discipline in any way Mm -hmm. Um, you know and actually both my parents worked they both worked a lot my dad was coaching sports and we're doing after-school stuff my mom same thing like we were on our own a bunch my parents were gone in the morning we got ourselves to school when we got home in the afternoon they weren't home Uh, you know so it wasn't like they were setting up this rigid disciplined manner for me right And um, and you can see this with families, many, many different families. There's families that have kids that the parents are very disciplined and the kids are wild mm-hmm. and out of control, sometimes that problematically so, right? Kids that come from really good families but they get addicted to drugs, lack of discipline. Kids that come from really good families but they, they spin out of control and, and go in the wrong direction. And there's also the opposite. Yeah. Which is hey the parents weren't around or the parents were abusive or the parents were drug addicts and and all of a sudden the kid, the kid comes out of that and is squared away is awesome And we saw that all the time in the SEAL teams and I've said that before on this program it doesn't matter It doesn't matter where your background is it is what you decide to do. Yeah um, And I'll tell you another thing it's not even from the military like the military requires discipline obviously but there's plenty of people in the military that don't have it, <laughs> mm. right? And and many poor many people lose their discipline when they leave the military because it's not being imposed on them anymore. Mm. So I mean, just go look around. Uh, I mean, being in the military does not make you a disciplined person. Being from a disciplined family does not make you a disciplined person. Being in a, a disciplined group does not make you a disciplined person. What makes you a disciplined per- person is choosing to be disciplined. So. Yeah, I, I and and also as far as telling people to man up, um, which you know when someone says, "How do I get up early every day?" I say, "Get up early every day." Yeah. How do I stop eating sugar? Stop eating sugar. That's the definition of man up. But obviously, it's not just men that need discipline in their life. I don't think I use that. 
term, but what I do tell people is to get after it. That's what I tell people, to get after it. Yeah. I tell people to do the things that they know they're supposed to do. Right? There's things that you know you're supposed to do as a human being. Things that you know are going to improve your life. Do those things. There's things that you know are going to make you a worse person and make your life worse. Don't do those things. Don't do the things that are making you weaker. Start doing the things that are going to make you stronger and smarter and faster and healthier and going to make you a better human being. And I'll say the same thing to this guy. You want to be more disciplined? Get after it. That's it, man. Get up early. Do some kind of workout. Eat good foods. Clean your room. Make a list of things that you're supposed to do in your life. And then wake up in the morning and do those things that you put on the list. That's what discipline is. And no, it is not easy. But you're not going to get it from anyone else but you. And it's worth it. And it is the thing that is going to bring you freedom. That's the key word right there when you said it's worth it. You know what I think? This is what I think. I think like in an environment as like how he put it, an undisciplined environment right, Mm -hmm. or something like that where he grew up in an undisciplined environment. Mm -hmm. I don't, obviously that's a very vague expression, right? Right, right. Undisciplined environment. Yeah, that could mean, mean, that could mean a lot of different things. Yeah, a lot of different things. So, a lot of times like when you're brought up in a certain environment, basically you're kind of taught or, or not taught like, like the value of certain things. So, if you use like, I don't know, working out or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So, I'm going to use myself as as an example. My dad was an athlete, um, you know, not a superior athlete, but he was, you know, he he knew like working out was a part of life and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And, you know, in elementary school, we're doing sports and stuff like that. You know, some people, they don't do that Mm -hmm. at all. So (laughs) when they grow up into adulthood, some people straight up have never worked out before, never been in the gym. And, you know, so growing up, they, they were never taught the value of what working out does for you. Mm-hmm. They're never taught. So they can't appreciate it. They just simply don't know the value. Mm-hmm. Sure, they see people with, you know, you know, they're in shape where they can do these things and they're very functional, whatever. They see that, of course, but they don't have that value. They don't feel that value. They, they just never learned it. So it, it can come off as like this thing for other people, you know, like, oh, that's what other people do kind of thing. So they don't understand the value. So back to the point, in their mind, this weird, the connection is not made that it's worth it. Because they don't know the value of it, mm-hmm. really. But if you do know the value of it, and then you can decide, okay, is this worth it? Is it worth it to wake up every day and, and quote unquote, get after it for this particular goal or th- this particular set of goals? So that's what it is. And I think, sure, the undisciplined environment can maybe provide that. But I think you're right. I think that once you're like, oh, yeah, that's worth it. Yeah. You know how people, they'll find reasons when it's worth it, even though they've never experienced like. You know, like a person who has a heart attack or something is like, and they have kids, uh, mm. young kids or something, they yeah. have a heart attack, maybe never worked out ever in their life. Yep. They have a heart attack. They almost died. They're like, guess what? I'm working out every single day. I'm a vegetarian now, yep. you know, like doing major, major changes that they've never even thought about making and they'll do it because they decided it's worth it and they'll be disciplined. They'll find that discipline real quick, no matter how they were trained mm-hmm. as, you know, their environment yeah. when they're Because now up. they see that it's going to be worth, worth it. it. That's it. Yeah. And- if, if it's not worth it to you. And that, I think, is what you develop. The value of working out. The value of... But you develop. You can develop that from anywhere. 
that's what I'm. Yeah. That's it, essentially you don't that's part of the necessarily develop that from any any. You can develop that from from anywhere. Yeah, yeah. You can get it from parents. You can get it from. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. But the discipline itself, just like I said, that's going to come from you. Mm-hmm. Your parents can teach it, but guess who has to? It's still you. It's <laughs> yeah. still you. And you can go to the military to specifically learn discipline. When you leave, it's on you. Who's it? Yeah, exactly right. And just like I said, like yeah, I know people who are done with the military and are glad they're done with that. Right. They're glad with this waking up early. They're, yeah, they're glad they, with they, they fast done forward with six months. They're out of shape. They're not doing anything yeah. productive. It's it's horrible to see. Yeah. Yep. But it happens. It happens yep. with the military. It happens with anything. It happens when kids get out of high school sports, yep. and all of a sudden they don't. Oh, I don't have to do that anymore. I don't have to listen to coach. Yeah, yeah. Crazy talk. Don't listen to coach. Listen to yourself. Yourself. Yeah. Determine whether or not it's worth it. And yeah. I'm telling you, you don't need to determine. I'm telling you, it's worth it. Oh yeah. I'm telling you, it is worth it. Yeah. And you know what? See, you actually know it's worth it. That's why you're asking this question. You, you know it's worth you it. Do. You know it's worth it to have discipline. But you think there's an easier way. Yeah. You think that it's something that p- people have. You think that when Jocko's alarm clock goes off, yeah. it's like, oh, just like my father taught me, I rise and I shine. You know, like <laughs> no. I, I, it's like the pillow feels <laughs> soft and comfortable. Yeah. And the alarm clock is banging on my head, and I don't yeah. like it. But you know what? I know it's worth it to get up and get after it. I know it's worth it, and you know it's worth it. Here's the thing, though. We all know it's worth it. it, In in a way, you're right, but like really, though, really, I'm going to be open and honest with you. I don't think that that people know it's worth it. I think they know it's worth it like the kind on paper. You know, if they have a multiple choice question, is it worth it? Yes or no? They'll be like, yes. Obviously, I know working out is worth it. But here's the thing. I don't – if you don't know, if you don't – like – like having good credit, for example. So I never got taught like why really. My mom said, yeah, you should have good credit. That's it. <laughs> That's the limit to my education on credit, right? So of course I blow it because I get, you know, I fall for literally all the tricks. <laughs> Self-inflicted and otherwise. Credit gets jammed up. So, so I don't know. I don't know the value. I don't know. I've never experienced the benefits of having good credit. I don't know the value of good credit. So it really didn't mean much to me, mm-hmm. really. My credit was like junk, and I didn't care until I got denied for something. Then I cared, you know. But just like if you're never into working out until you're in a specific situation Again, where but, it shows. But 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 like this guy that's asking this question, and I'm glad he's asking the question. I'm I, I'm I'm not I'm trying I'm not trying to come off all hard. Um, but he realizes he realizes the value of discipline because he's saying that he wants it. Right? Mm-hmm. He knows that it's going to make his life better. Yeah. And. And that's why I think he he's gotten jammed up yeah. in whatever way. We don't know because I don't know him. Maybe he's gotten unhealthy. Maybe he's, you know, who knows? Maybe he's gotten his finances jammed up. Mm-hmm. Whatever the case may be, he knows that discipline is better for them. him. He knows that. He does know. This isn't a guy that doesn't know yet. Because, sure, there's people that don't. You know, when you're 16 years old, you don't know the value of discipline. You don't know that the, what you're, the way you're acting right now is going to affect you in five years. You don't know that you can set yourself your whole life up to be pretty awesome. Yeah. You don't know that yet. You're just, like, worried about where you're going on a Friday night. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So this guy knows. And he wants it. And he's looking for where he can find it. And where he can find it is in the mirror yeah that's where it is yep. so do it brother good luck get on the path and stay on the path yeah and that's going to be beneficial when you do that I, I st- I'm st- 
harshly maintaining that like not knowing the value is a big is a big thing it's kind of like okay so back to my credit thing I, it, there is a point at the end where okay so um you know like i don't know 10 years ago or whatever i i repaired my credit I, my credit was repaired i i went through it was painstaking mm-hmm. not fun stuff yep. but i did it got my credit repaired and now I know the value because as an adult, I'm functioning. It's useful now, you know. So now I know the value of having good credit because I've been through all the things that having good credit brings you through, you know. Now I'm thinking I'll never go back to bad credit. Right. Never. It's worth right. it every single day. I'm telling you that, that I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. I agree with what you're saying. I'm saying that this guy knows the value and that's why he wants it. Yeah. It's like when you realize that you got denied for something. And you were like, oh, va- oh, credit has value. I understand that now. Yeah, yeah. Something happened in his life where he said discipline has value. I know that now. Yeah. But you did credit repair. And and what you said was, okay, I need to go out and repair my credit. You didn't say, hey, you know what? My mom didn't tell me about bad credit. And now I have bad credit. Yeah, yeah. So now, now what it's am I supposed to do? Yeah, yeah. You know who repaired your credit? Who repaired your credit? It was a combination of my wife and I, but yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But who repaired your we credit? We did it. Yeah, we did yes. that stuff. Yeah. You took responsibility I, for it and said, okay, I'm going to get my credit. You, you yeah. talked to your wife because she's smarter than you. Yes. And she was like, hey, I will I will help this. Yeah. But it was you that said, okay, I got to f- get this fixed. Mm-hmm. And you got help. But you knew to reach out for help. But you're the one that ultimately is responsible for it. Yeah. You're right about that. Like I didn't like... I didn't blame my parents and then continue having bad credit. Right, you know? right. And, uh, like you said, no, I got to get value. This, yeah. this thing has credit, has value. I need to fix it. Yeah. And you fixed it. Yeah, regardless of where it came from. Regardless. So, oh, you know, oh, you don't know how to work out? Cool, then you go hire a personal trainer because you know it's, gonna, it's the right thing to do. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Oh, you don't know... How to repair your finances? Cool. Go get a counselor that's going to help you repair your finances. Oh, you're addicted to drugs or alcohol? Okay, I'm going to go find a counselor or join a group so I can get through that thing. Yeah. No one's going to hold your hand and bring you into the, any of those situations. you got to do it yourself. you got to have the discipline to make it happen. Yeah. Very good. Uh, number seven. Good morning. Did you find that people in the military mock those that emphasize the importance of good leadership who take leading and our responsibilities seriously? What does that mean, mocking? Like, people, Make fun of you. Yeah, like what? People in the military making... Making fun of you because you take leadership super seriously. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, you're this so boy this scout. Is, this is an interesting question. So it, it makes me a little bit nervous because my suspicion is that this individual might be going about being a good leader the wrong way. And if you go about it the wrong way, people can take offense to it. If you're the guy that goes around telling everyone that you're a leader and you're trying to be a great leader, people will take offense to that. Like you can't make that part of your thing, right? Mm -hmm. People that talk about the importance of good leadership, they come across as implying that they are a good leader. And, and, that can be offensive, especially if you aren't quite as good of a leader as you think you are. So you're running around like, you don't understand how important leadership is. Yeah, like, yeah, just think yeah. about that statement right yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. You don't understand the importance of leadership, Echo. Mm. All, all of a sudden, I'm basically telling you, like, I'm a good leader and you're not. Right. When the reality is just the way I'm talking proves that I'm not a good leader. Because yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm talking down to you. Yeah. So we have a problem, 
right there. And also, if if you take leading and are leading responsibilities seriously, what does that actually mean? Does, does that mean that you can't have any fun with your team? <laughs> does that mean you can't laugh at yourself when you've made a mistake? Does that mean that you are trying so hard to give off the impression that you are a great leader that it appears to everyone else that you aren't really who you act like and that your character is is disingenuous? Right? If I'm if I'm constantly trying to put up this front that I'm the great leader, everyone starts looking at me thinking that guy's not even he's yeah. that's not that's not the real him. Yeah. He's just trying to rock around like a like a He's not true, right? You think about it. You're trying to build trust. And as a leader, we, we are trying to build trust. We talked, you know, Dick Winters talking about honesty being the most, one of the most important traits of a, of a leader. But if we're putting up a facade in how we act, that does not come across as honest. Yeah. And that doesn't build trust. In fact, it builds the opposite. And also, if, if, if you have to put up a leadership front, if you have to put up a leadership front, if, if, if in other words, if sometimes you have to act a certain way, fake it going back to something earlier. Yeah. If you have to act and fake like a leader, that means you might be you might be insecure about your leadership capability and you will come across as insecure and people can sense that insecurity. So that can be very problematic. Also, if you're so into being a good leader, that probably means that you have issues giving up the reins. That means that you are probably micromanaging because you want to be a leader. You want to prove to everyone that you're a good leader. Mm. And so you start micromanaging. And no one wants to follow a micromanager. They don't want to do that. Mm. And if you add all these things together, what, what, what do people end up doing? They end up mocking you. <laughs> they end up mocking the things that you think are important, like leadership itself. They start to make fun of it. Mm-hmm. It's, oh man, the it's like the needle. I think his name is Needlemeyer in Animal House. Is is, is that the right name? I don't know. I, I kind of. I'm doing a movie, movie. reference, yeah, and you're I not know. in with me, I dude. Know. This is messed up. All I can give you is John Belushi. That's all. Yeah. I know. So there's, it's like the leader, the the ROTC guy. Yeah, he's yeah. the guy that's like yeah. Mister Leader. Uh huh. And everyone makes fun of him. Yeah. He's trying to be a great leader. He's trying to be the authoritative figure. Everyone yeah. is making fun of him. So you have to be careful. In this case, I would recommend you move to the center a little bit more. Meaning that on the one hand, you have a leader that isn't building relationship, isn't building trust, expects people to do as they are told and, and treat treat that leader with respect even though they haven't earned it. That's not a good leader. On the other hand, you have leaders that are too close with the troops, has very personal relationships, too personal relationships with the team and has lost any semblance of authority over the team. So there's your two extremes. You want to be balanced in the middle. You want to build relationships with your people. You want to build your team up. And also forcing leadership onto people does not work any more than forcing a religion or a diet or a workout or a political belief system 
And can you make someone from a from a leadership perspective if you have authority over other people? Can you make someone bow down to your program mechanically for a little while? Yeah, you can you can But if it's not from them If they're not part of it willfully It's not gonna work over time so you know don't beat people up verbally with your leadership lessons mm. don't make it your external religion that you are forcing on people internally yes of course obviously my I always thought about leadership I always thought about leadership but I wasn't barking it and I don't, I don't even think I don't even think Like my the best the people that taught me the most about leadership they never said a word to me about leadership, mm. right? And I'm not saying that that's the best course of action because because sometimes it is good to you know pull someone aside and say hey this is the way you're acting right now in front of your troops and that that's not going to be effective. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that is good, yeah. especially once you've built the relationship. Because if I don't have a relationship with you, Echo, and I say hey I need to talk to you, hey the way you're treating your guys right now isn't going to go over very well with them. What's your reaction going to be? You're going to be pissed. Yeah, yeah. You're going to think, oh, you don't know my guys. Yeah. I know them better than you. We're going to have a problem. I, I, I accomplished nothing. My coaching and mentoring of you was horrible because mm-hmm. we didn't have a relationship. So, so you're not listening. And obviously, of course, when I start coaching and mentoring, that implies that I'm the greatest leader of all time. That's my, that's, that's in my implied statement. Yeah. You suck, I'm great. Yeah. Which people reject that as well, especially when you're not that great of a leader in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> So don't talk about it so much. Just lead. Be a good leader. Open up discussions. Take a wrap off. Come from the flank mm-hmm. instead of going straight on. Maneuver tactically and tactfully get into their heads and make better leaders by actually leading. Yes, kind of like that, lead, you know, lead by example kind of thing. It kind of makes you like the question, kind of how you said in the beginning. It makes you wonder. He says the question is: Do you find that people in the military mock those that emphasize the importance of good leadership? You kind of think to yourself, I wonder how this person is emphasizing right. the importance right. of good. Is he the guy at the party who you know people are talking about? I don't know the the food or something then he just busts out leadership stuff you know that guy you know who's like everything on like the rotc guy yeah, yeah in, like the in, rotc guy just everything he's just pushing it everything you know leadership is everything leadership is everything bro we weren't even talking about that leadership is everything yeah. kind and, of thing and by the way work this is coming from a, a person me that i literally talk about leadership yeah, yeah. all the time <laughs> that's how you and actually I, think yeah and and I, I actually think that way and i i get up on stage and in companies and in front of military members and police officers and, yeah. and i talk about leadership that's what i talk about all the time yeah. yeah and that's what you know what's interesting that's what makes about face by colonel david hackworth uh, one of the best things about that book is it's not a leadership book he doesn't he doesn't talk he barely talks about he barely says a straightforward sentence that this is how you lead. Yeah. It's all from the flank. Mm. And that's why it gets you so yeah. well. Yeah. Because it's from the flank. Yeah. It's not a book about leadership. It doesn't even say, like, you know, how many books get pub- published all the time? You know, this is a leadership book. I wrote a book with Leif, How to Lead and Win. Yeah. 
Hackworth did it better. Hackworth's like, oh, this is about war. Read it. Yeah, yeah, in a way. I, I, dig, I dig what you're saying, but obviously that's your job. Well, so, I guess my know. point is that if you're, if this is coming from someone who talks about leadership all the time, literally yeah. wrote a book about leadership, yeah. and I'm saying, hey, you might not want to talk, talk about, about leadership. It that much. That, that's my point, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's my point. Yeah, good point. Just, just, just back off a little bit. Yeah, so if you were like, you know, you go on the road, you do one of your, you know, your deals, and then, you know, at dinner with your family, you start going into your leadership stuff with them. <laughs> That's what you shouldn't do. Yes, yes. But I'm, what I'm saying is with your team, with your platoon, you don't sit there and say, all right, today we're going to talk about leadership again. Yeah, you don't, quote unquote, emphasize the importance of good leadership. Right. You, you just demonstrate lead. it. You yeah. just lead. Yeah, you just yeah, lead. Do that stuff. They're smarter than you think they are. You know what you're end up doing all, is you're, you're kind of condescending. Yeah. You can't help it because you're treating them like they don't know. You want to talk about the importance of leadership. They know what the importance of leadership. Yeah. They're in the military. Yeah. In fact, an example of their reaction of how people take it when you start preaching to them, you know how they take it? They mock you. That's a lesson learned. Yep. That's a lesson learned. If people are mocking you, they're not taking you seriously. Yeah. That means you're doing something wrong. What you're doing wrong in this case is you're condescendingly talking to them about the importance of leadership. They know what the importance of leadership is. Yeah. They're in the military. Yeah. They know how bad it is to have a bad platoon sergeant or a bad platoon uh, platoon commander. They yeah. know. Yeah. You don't need to rub it in their face. Yeah. Remember, I think I told you the story about one of my friends. I'm not going to name his name because I'm certain you know he's a Navy SEAL. We were at a party, and he got he got drunk. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting at the table explaining to all of us how badass Navy SEALs are. Yeah. Like, for a long time, mm. too. This is, And he even said those words, Navy SEALs are just so badass. Like, we're so badass, and this is why, and all this stuff. And it's the exact same thing because we know Navy SEALs are badass, but you sitting here telling us how badass you and all Navy SEALs are is going to make us mock you a yeah, little bit. you're going to get mocked. Yeah. Not even a little bit. You're going to get mocked a lot. <laughs> you're going to get mocked by other Navy SEALs, by the way. For sure. Keep doing that stuff. Anyway. Check. Well, I'm glad that this guy is asking the question. I'm glad that the guy is focused on leadership. And I hope that these points can come across and be digested with no... Um, you know, it's real easy to get offended by what I'm saying, right? Yeah. If, if you're him, you're like, well, he just doesn't get it. You know what I mean? It's real yeah. easy to say that. Yeah. Real huh? easy to say, you know, oh, it's easy for him to say he doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm the one that's here. I'm trying to get these guys to be better. You know, I'm trying to get my platoon to understand the importance of leadership. I know, yeah. man. I know, and I, I respect that. Yeah. I like the fact that you are have that mindset, yeah. man. That's awesome. It's true. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Come from the flank a little bit. Yeah. Come from the flank, man. You're not going to, you're not going to, you're not gonna get that get it done this way. Yeah. It's kinda like if you try to convince everyone that you're the most humble person in the world. <laughs> you know? I'm the, nobody more humble than me. Yeah. I'm the most humble. I'm humbler than that guy. I'm humbler than you. I'm humbler than anyone who who've ever lived. I'm just the most humble guy in the world. It just doesn't work like nope, that. It doesn't huh? work that way. Next question. Jocko, how do you lead a team of volunteers? How to punish or discipline them. Can't threaten to fire them because they're all I have. I know a leader does so much more than threaten and punish, but I need some guidance. 
try to motive try to motivate but feel the need to do more thanks try and answer this one quickly uh, once because this is kind of a, a question I've answered before in a different form um, do they understand why they're doing what they're doing and do they understand why it's important do they understand how what they are doing will benefit them do they also see you working hard to try and make things happen so those are those are just the basic questions let's just get those out there every time every time someone's not doing what you want them to do do they understand why they're doing what they're doing do they understand why it's important to the mission and do they understand how being successful in the mission will benefit them Mm. so so let's just get those out of the way next what can we do here have you gamified the situation at all how you like that Gamified, right? Have you gamified the situation? Because I I realize that's a term that's getting thrown around now, but we would gamify stupid things all the time in the SEAL teams to make them fun. Yeah. Right? How much brass can you pick up? Let's see. I'll pick up more than you. My squad will pick up more brass than you'll pick up. All of a sudden, we're running around the range trying to pick up brass. One of the most miserable things that you have to do in the SEAL teams is pick up brass off the hot range in the summertime. Mm -hmm. And you do it for for like two days. Because once you get done with all your work, you got to go pick up millions of rounds of brass spread out all over the desert mm. in in August in the Imperial Valley. It's hot. It sucks. But guess what we're going to do? Have a contest. Yeah, yeah. So what are you going to do to gamify it? Uh, like what kind of cool competition around some short-term goal can you set up that's going to be that's going to make it fun for them? Some kind of cool reward. Uh, what about some kind of friendly bets? around achieving something like I bet if I raise this much money you know I will go to work with a pair of underwear on my head or you have to you know what I mean whatever these stupid bets you know what we used to do in the teams is we'd bet one dollar one of my old running mates Mm. we 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 had something like critical I bet you one dollar yeah that was like the biggest bet you could make yeah because it's just it's pure pride yeah so you know and then we'd, we'd always have fun if you were collecting or if you're giving the dollar. Collecting the yeah. dollar was just totally glorious. Yeah. Giving the dollar was shame. Yeah, yeah. Shame. So yeah, yeah, like you could add like, okay, when you give me this dollar, A, it has to be in front of everybody. Mm. B, you have to, I don't know, you have to do it while like walking on your knees or something. Something real kind yeah. of demeaning like yeah. that, you know? Yeah, But we didn't even have to do all that. Yeah, huh? It, for, it was just understood. Between me and my running mate, if we won or lost the bet, yeah, it was yeah. like... Loser. You know, and and you wouldn't even ask for the money. You just look at him. <laughs> <laughs> and this buddy of mine, he had one of the most classic looks. When he'd give you the look, when I'd lose a bet to him, and he gave me the look, I I, I wanted to cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He lost so much yep. more than that. Dollar. Yeah, lost a lot more. So maybe you make a bet for a dollar, and if that's not working, okay, now if that's not working. If you can't gamify, if you can't have fun with it, maybe ask them while they're why they are there, and and figure out what their motivation is for being there and how you can tie that into something concrete. And then also, like you might have some people that aren't, aren't really into this. Mm. And then lower your expectations of this particular group of people and go out and recruit some people that want to get after it. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Have some fun. Fun goes a long way. Yeah. Fun goes a long way. Having yeah. fun doing things goes a long way. And the, and that praise thing too, you know, when you said like add like a reward or something for, because a lot of times, especially volunteers where, so, you know, and we all feel this, like even at, at work, you can have like a super fun job, but you'll get, you'll, t- people generally speaking, t- speaking tend to get complacent in one way or another, you know, when things are routine or things are, you know, not as exciting or whatever. Um, and, you know, when you're volunteering and that happens, it's kind of like you're not tied there by a paycheck, 
really, you know, which is just it's just a powerful tie, you know, that people have to work. It's like, yeah, I don't like my job, but it pays the bills and paying the bills is a big deal kind of thing. So if you add that element of excitement or fun mm-hmm. or, you know, a little personal payoff in one way or another, I think that helps a lot of the time. Indeed. And that tends to happen, too. If the if the lead, I'm not saying this person is doing this or not doing this, but like if they become kind of complacent in not recognizing how much they 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 appreciate the volunteers, you know, like if they're just like, oh, yeah, this is just business as usual, you know. Thanks for coming in. That's kind of it kind of mm-hmm. thing. And, they're, you know, then it just gets kind of kind of blah, you know, like there's not the payoff that they used to have, you know. But have if you fun. can kind of keep that going, it's <laughs> keep them in the game. Next question. Do I need to keep training jujitsu if I hate it? I mean, can I just live my life the way I think it should be, which is of health, energy, and become, becoming a force of nature as a doctor without dreaming up of some invisible enemies on the street that I've yet to come across in preparing and spending my pittance of wage of a wage on lessons that I hate in every sorts of ways for something that might be avoided? Physical clash. If I learned to use wit and saving my money to move into a good neighborhood, and I've been successful in preventing physical clashes to occur. I've learned basic ways to escape the mount i can run i'm fairly strong isn't that enough okay so yeah bro um <laughs> jujitsu is not the meaning of life yeah. all right jujitsu has a lot of i mean i find jujitsu very enjoyable i get a lot out of it beyond physical training beyond self-defense yeah I get a lot out of it and I apply it in all different sorts of realms in my life. Um, but if you hate it and and you've learned some basic ways to defend yourself, escape the mount, maybe some basic guards type stuff, then then okay. I mean, then step away. I mean, you shouldn't be going through life doing something that you hate. I, if, if I were you, I'd still train occasionally, even if it's just like once every two or three weeks once a month just to keep some of the ideas fresh and also also there's always the possibility that it'll click in your head and you'll realize this there's like a magical thing that you could get out of the jujitsu um and it's kind of like waking up you know waking up at 4 30 in the morning that's what time i wake up and and first of all i'm genetically predisposed to sleep less than most people and for instance we just had daylight savings time end yeah and so, and I went to bed, so I set back my clock, mm-hmm. and it was it was like 9.40 at night. Mm-hmm. So it went from 10.40 when I was going to bed, I set back my clock, and now it's 9.40. Yeah, yeah, and I said, oh, cool, you know, I'll sleep extra hour. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what time I woke up? Like 2.48. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, I laid in bed saying, no, sleep more, sleep more, sleep more. I couldn't do it, so I got out of bed at 3.30. But that's that's me, and, and, and that's that's just me. And it depends what your schedule is. It depends on what your genetic makeup is for sleep. And if you work the night shift, then obviously you're working at 4.30 in the morning or you're getting off at wor- of work at 4.30 in the morning. So this just doesn't work. And I try and put that caveat on pretty much everything that I say, like my workouts, what I eat. Um, everyone's a little bit different. And I like what I like and, and I do what I do. And it works for me and you can try it. And if you come up with something that's better, I'll listen to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the same with jujitsu, man. If you hate it, then you know maybe it's not for you. And and, and you know what I what I truly think. My my true thought 
Is it beneficial for you? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Do, should you stop doing everything that you don't like just because you don't like it? No. I mean, there's some things that you should press on. Should you get a, Should everyone have a fundamental level of knowledge of jujitsu? It's very, very beneficial. Yeah. Uh, but if you hate it and and you've kind of come to that conclusion, then don't do it. Yeah. And 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 I think also, once you give yourself that out, once you give yourself the out. And you're not forcing yourself to do it anymore. Yeah, it might open up your mind to actually enjoy it and try it and not be miserable about it. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's what actually what I was gonna say. Oh, okay. I was like, it's, it's they're probably and I don't know, easily. Some people don't like it. Straight up, I gotta accept that. I know, I know. But that being said, there is a possibility that the environment that this person or that people train in sometimes will make you not like it. And it's not necessarily the jujitsu you don't like. Sure. Not it wound up that way. You don't like jujitsu anymore because you were kind of, you know, pushed in the wrong direction as far as like what you like and don't like. So you could try a different school, try a different, try a different school. Yeah. Like I said earlier today, some schools are really strict and rigid and maybe Mm -hmm. that's would be better for you. Some schools are real wild and there's no control. Maybe that, that would be a better school depending on what your personality is. Uh, some people like that regimented environment. Yeah, yeah. You could you could definitely try a different school. Uh, but again, I think I think the mental hurdle to come over is you've told yourself that you have to do it, and now yeah. tell yourself you don't have to do it if you don't want yeah. to. But certain and and you say try a different school. It it's the environment that you train in. So the school is part of the environment for sure. But it's like training partners. It's like the uh, which can wind up. As the pressure you put on yourself, it's like everything, you know, the whole environment. So I know that, and people are different. People, told, some people, they want that pressure. They want people yelling. You know, like, remember I used to tell you, like, when you start coaching either me, well, just in training, you know, how, like, you'll get fired up when you see two people training or whatever, and you'll be like, do this with it, and you'll start coaching. It's almost like you're, like, as a friend, you're doing it, like, mm-hmm. just for fun, and you're like, okay, do this, and you usually coach up the other guy when I'm rolling with mm-hmm. him. And that other guy, oh, oh, he's getting coached by Jocko, so he turns up the heat. Mm-hmm. And bro, I don't like that because mm-hmm. it's now it's like a thing. You I know, know you don't I like don't that. like that at all, bro. <laughs> but some people do like that. Yeah. Some people that get some fired up and get some more in the game. You know, right. so I'm saying people are different. So the possibility is that this guy happens to be in the wrong environment for sure. jujitsu, for, for him, for jujitsu, for, for him. himself. Yes, yeah. exactly. That is, so that is a possibility. And just like I said, you know, he he could very well be putting that pressure on himself. Like you have to go and everyone's saying how great it is. And it's the best thing. And if you don't show up to practice, you're whack and you're lame or get yeah, on yeah, the back. True. Of the, you know, like it, if you get told all the time, it's the best thing in the world. And, and then you show up there and you get beat up, which is what happens. Yeah. And, you, and, yeah. and, and now you're, you're like, how does everyone like this? Yeah. This doesn't feel good to me. Yeah. And you just go in a negative mindset right away. Yeah. So yeah, I should be careful of that. And that's not to mention when you even imply that you don't necessarily like it. Oh yeah. Cause you suck. Oh yeah. Cause you're this or you're weak or you're whatever. You're mm-hmm. a slacker. Like mm-hmm. basically all this negativity, you know, is going to turn you off even more. So now, yeah, you yeah. hate it now. Yeah, which which there's a re- the reality of it is some some things don't agree with some people, right? That's yeah. that's a reality. Like there's some things in the world that that I don't I I I, know, I, I just don't like them. Like when we were driving to L.A., mm-hmm. you're playing some music. Yeah, S- some of the music that you're playing is is popular music. Yeah, I I, I just don't like it. I yeah. just don't like it, and and 
there's other things like that in the world. Um, I'm trying to think of things that I just, just like other people like them. Yeah. And I just don't like them. I just don't. Pokemon Go. That's one thing yeah, I don't really like. I mean, I don't, I've never even thought about Pokemon Go. It seems like a cool idea. You got you look for things on your phone. I mean, well, I'm not. that's not the type of thing that I'm talking about. Um, you know, I guess. Dancing we, at the club. No, I mean, I'm, I don't care about I'm trying to think of something that's. Um, I guess music is the best is one of the best examples for me is is, you know, hey, this certain t- types of music, certain artists. Yeah. Like Leif. Leif likes hair. Leif likes hair metal from the nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he legit likes it, right? Yeah. And and I I like legit do not like it. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and the reason I use, the reason that's a good example yeah. is because that's not far off from kind of the music that I do like. Right? Yeah, yeah. Huh? I mean, I like I like Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love Led Zeppelin. Right? Yeah. Led Zeppelin's awesome. And, and and the step from Led Zeppelin to 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 Poison, I mean, you could. You, they could be in the same record category in the store, right? Sure. Rock and roll. Yeah. I, Led Zeppelin, I love. Yeah. I, poison kind of turns my stomach. I, I hate it. And so that's yeah. an example of so yeah. some things they just don't sit well with you. Yeah. And and maybe jujitsu doesn't sit well with this guy. Now, um, like I said, I think there's a lot of benefits to it. I think you get a lot out of it. Try a different environment. But if you hate it. Don't ma- force yourself to do it. Open, open the escape. Yeah. Right. Give yourself an out, and that allows you to feel more comfortable. Because when you feel trapped, everyone feels like a cornered animal, and yeah. now you're just pissed off. Yeah. You, if yeah. you if you've been like, hey, these guys, everyone, I hear everyone talking about jujitsu, so I'm going to try it. Yeah. And now your first day, you don't like it. Yeah. But you're just like, I'm going to keep doing it because everyone's saying it's great, and, and you just end up in a bad way. Yeah. So be careful with that one. Yeah, you're kind of trapped with it with the junk parts of it. Yeah. That, that kind of came about and yeah and you can't really escape it then you're like rebel against it yeah yeah uh, remember when we were driving up to LA I was playing Carrie by Europe that is actually technically an 80s hair metal yeah band, that's an I 80s think. yeah for sure but you were really mad yeah yeah no I'm telling you that music doesn't sit well with me for some reason you got little bit and uh, going back to Leif like Leif likes Metallica Leif likes Black Sabbath Leif likes Tool he likes rocking bands too yeah for some reason there's some genetic code in his head that poisons cool yeah it just lets <laughs> it right in huh <laughs> mine gets the and whole yeah but then I guess on the other end of the spectrum You'd get we get into music that Leif and like like Leif likes Pantera. Pantera's a hard band. Now I go one step further than Pantera, right? Sure, in some of some of the music that I listen to, mm-hmm. uh, which I think leaves Leif a little bit where he wouldn't listen to some of the harder music that I listen to. But Pantera's you know brushing up against it. Hey, do you listen to soft music? Come on, uh, bro. what do you consider soft music? Yeah, some some I don't know something about love songs. I don't know so you know something soft. You know what I'm saying? I, I'd say White Buffalo. White Buffalo well, okay. is hard acoustic music, but you know he's got some pretty mellow songs. He got a song called "Love Song Number One." What's it about though? Like, is he is it like romantic? You know, is he talking yeah, about his love I would that say he yes. loves a girl or something like that? I would say yes. Yeah, it kind of doesn't count because you know how like well, how can that not count? I don't know because you know how like like uh, Metallica, for mm-hmm. example, they have Unforgiven, right? So it sounds softer, but they're still talking about hard stuff. Okay. And then they have like Enter Sandman, which is like okay. A, well, then I guess I'm just not. No, my answer to you is no. L- like, do you like Wait, what stuff about Led Zeppelin? By, well, see, you're still talking about like these aren't soft things. Like, you know, okay. So I was playing Al Jarreau, Remember? 
Remember mm. Al Jarrell? And you were like, what the fuck is this? And you were pissed. You were mad at me personally. Like you were, and you were like, who is this? And I, no, no, no. You know what, though? Actually, I played another song. Uh, who was it? It was like Josh Radin or something. And you were like, hey, this is pretty good. I was very surprised. It was a soft song. Remember? Okay. Do you remember? That's well, my musical tastes are varied. Yeah, I like yeah. different types of music. Yeah, so I guess but sometimes, there's some types of music that I don't like. Yeah, I, I sometimes wonder with you, like if you're the kind, you know, how some people they they just just I like music. Not I'm not saying me. I'm just saying certain people they are into just a specific type of music. That's yeah. it. That's the whole reason for music in their head is like this very specific feeling. Like some people. The, um, that I know before, they they only like house music. They only, like anything other than house music yeah. is like it's just they all rather listen to nothing. So I was wondering if you're like kind of that kind. No, where because I listen like, to all different kinds of music. Yeah. Well, at least just not maybe not all different. Yeah, kinds. no, no. Okay, you're right. I listen to a wide we'll range of music, var- various yeah. types. Sure. There you go. Not Al Jarreau though. I forget the song, but it was, maybe we can refer back to it later. <laughs> Some other time. Cool. All right. Next question. How about that? That sounds like a really good plan. Dang, I kind of feel bad for the guy who hates jujitsu. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's a bummer, but it's it's not that rare. Yeah, it makes sense. It totally makes it, sense. And, and I was I was actually talking with you know Dave Camarillo. Sure, I, I know was, who that is. I don't yeah, know him personally. Well, um. I was up with him up in San Francisco area yesterday and we were talking about how some people don't like jujitsu and you'd think even people that are, you would think would like jujitsu people that have jobs that jujitsu would be really beneficial for them to know. Yeah. They don't like jujitsu. And, and so, and I was saying that I've introduced a lot of people to Mm jujitsu, a lot of people to jujitsu. Not many of them have actually stuck with it for a long period of time. Yeah, but and it, and so it's not that rare for people to not like jujitsu. Yeah, and I, I I dig it's like not sticking with it because jujitsu takes work. It's not like this yeah. easy thing that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that provides just a bunch. Oh, of massages. you're saying there's a difference between not liking jujitsu and yeah. not actually sticking with it? Yes, yes. So okay. this guy's straight up. I hate it. You yeah, know? yeah, like, yeah. That's no, something that, that's a little bit more powerful of yeah. a statement. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like he, he definitely doesn't like people who don't stick good. with it for the most part. This is just a total guess on my part. Yeah, lazy but, and lack discipline. Yeah, like they they yeah, just yeah. they 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 don't like it enough. On an, on a kind of moment to moment basis to to get off the couch and go. That's kind of it. Check. You know, it's one of those situations. Next question, Jocko. I have a question after reading your book, which I thought was one of the best books I've read since your last book. Nice. I'm curious what what you did during your SEAL team days to maintain your your schedule. As I would imagine in the teams, your schedule changes at any minute to include you being deployed or active during your various missions at night. So, as in life, how do you keep your balance of your schedule when duty calls? In your book, you say, keep your schedule, but how did you work through this when you would be on a mission that didn't allow you to sleep at night? Did you still, did you still the following day upon return maintain your normal schedule? Appreciate your time and response. Great. Yeah, obviously the teams, the, your schedule and the teams can vary a lot, and you have to adopt to what makes sense. And sometimes in the teams you're working 18, 20-hour days. Sometimes out in the field you're going to the field for two, three, four, five days at a time. Uh, sometimes 
you're working for 24 hours a day or you work for 36 hours straight because you do planning and the blah 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 so that can be a problem sometimes you're doing dives you're doing two dives a day and that takes a bunch of time and it takes a toll on you it's, it's hard work I guess you could say um, sometimes we're running around all day or all night running around the desert running around the urban training facility and so the schedule's changing all the time and it's the same thing with business the same thing with business right now I travel and the flight leaves early the flight leaves late or the work all day or the dinner with the clients or the interview or the writing or the the recording of the podcast or the changing time zones and things just change and so what, what I do is yes I try and I try and keep the schedule as much as I can and if I fall off the schedule for whatever reason I get back on it as quickly as possible and I, I think so so yes you do the best you can I think the main thing you have to watch out for is letting letting a change in schedule or a problem in your schedule be an excuse to fall off the path, yeah, right? Yeah. That, that's what you have to watch out for. Um, you know, we think, oh, I'm in a new time zone or I've got jet lag or I didn't sleep well or I need rest from traveling or I did this the other night and so I'm gonna sleep until 9.30 tomorrow morning and just call it good. Yeah. That's what you have to watch out for. Now, sometimes do you need to work till nine? Do you sleep till 9.30? Yeah, sometimes you do. Sometimes you stayed up for 36 hours, you go to bed at three o'clock in the morning, guess mm-hmm. what? You might need to sleep until 9.30. That's cool. Good. Do it. Get some sleep. Um, but just be careful of using it as an excuse to go way off the path and just get yourself back on the path as soon as possible. Yeah. Make sense? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's all me right there. Like one little thing on my <laughs> schedule throws off. Ah, oh, this whole day is gone. I'll do it tomorrow. Mm. You just got to be careful of that. Uh, yeah. Speaking of schedule. I think we're about good for questions. There's one more thing that I wanted to close out with, and you know, I get a lot of, I get a lot of really uh, great emails. I get a lot of great um, messages through social media, letters, written letters. I get all those kinds of things, and, and I appreciate them all. I, I I don't always respond to all of them because there's, I, I I physically cannot do it. Yeah, and of course, you know. Oh, get someone to manage your social media or whatever. I'm not doing that. Um, yeah. If you hear back from me, you heard from me, not from somebody that I paid ten dollars an hour to respond to my stuff and say, "Cool, get after it." Like, no, <laughs> uh, I'm not doing that. But you know, I get I get all these things, and I, I do read them. So if you send it, I read it, and so I appreciate the feedback and everything. I got one though that I that was good. I wanted to. I actually wanted to read on here because I felt that it not only said, hey, thanks for you know the podcast or whatever, thanks for the books, whatever, it, it actually gave some pretty good methodology and really an insight into a mindset that I think will help people doing what they're doing. So here we go, Mr. Willink, just wanted to share a quick story with you. At 39, I had fallen into a 15-year rut of undisciplined alcoholism. I was soft and heavy and wanted to change. Earlier this year, I had started working out three to four times a week in my basement. I was trying and failing to get a handle on my alcohol abuse. Every failure made the beast seem bigger and unbeatable. It was like I didn't have control over my body. I finished your book on a Monday night and decided that I would get up early the next morning and work out. I got up and worked out. Not much, but I just wanted to do something. 
sit-ups, push-ups, 15 minutes on the bike. Worked out twice Tuesday. Got up Wednesday and did it again. Got to Thursday night, a normal drinking night, and decided to try not drinking. Made it through. Friday, same thing. Worked out morning and night, stayed busy, and stayed away from the drink. Thought I should try and push it through the weekend. Worked out Saturday morning. Took the rest of the weekend off and stayed dry. Monday morning, I got up and started two-a-days again. Made it through the week with 11 workouts. By the second week, I felt better than I had in my entire life. I was astounded that normal people walked around feeling this good. I guess not systematically poisoning your body will do that. On the fifth week, I got a project at work that was going to require traveling for the next eight weeks. I was worried about overcoming my triggers and road habits. The normal traveling evening was dinner, watch cable, and drink eight beers. To my surprise, the hotel had a sweet gym. Cool, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Then at the site, I found out that we would start work at 6 a.m. Damn, that means I have to get up at four to work out. I'm 12 weeks into my traveling two-a-days usually getting 11 to 12 workouts a week. They recently moved our start time to 7 a.m., so now I get an hour and a half in the morning and evening. I'm 16 weeks clean. Dropped 30 pounds or more. I haven't been on a scale in three weeks. 34 waist jeans hang off of me. My sit-up and push-up sets went from 10 to 40 to 50. Kettlebell swings went from 35 by 10 to 50 by 15. I started to learn how to run as I haven't done it in 20 years. Now, after a day off, I can do two miles without stopping. I do four to five miles on the treadmill and nine miles on the bike besides the sit-ups, push-ups, kettlebells, core, and weights. I look forward to next year's competitive shooting season. I'm going to bring it. At this point, my cravings are gone and I actually recoil from the smell of booze. When I started this, I thought it would be temporary. Now it's going to be permanent. No reason to waste time with it anymore. Now when I question something, your voice comes to me with the hard answer. It's only black and white with no gray area. One day, when I'm standing before the Lord Lord, and hear his voice, if it doesn't sound like yours, I might be disappointed. The book I read those months ago was The Way of the Warrior Kid. I'm working on extreme ownership now. Thank you for your service. Thank you for producing a badass podcast. And thank you for influencing my life. So, there you go. And I I say this to people all the time. Most important here is, it isn't me. It's you. 
and sure you may have grabbed some little foothold from the podcast or from one of the books but it isn't me that changes you it's you you set the small goals you achieve those goals then set some more and achieve those and set some more goals maybe a little bit bigger but not that much bigger you pay attention to the progress this guy is 16 weeks deep 30 pounds lighter working harder stronger faster more efficient competitive the individual that wrote that is getting after it and changing his life and you can too just start start small start with changing tomorrow morning just tomorrow morning get that squared away and then move on to the next day and the next and move your life to a better place one little step one little victory at a time appreciate the letter and I think that's all I've got for tonight so echo speaking of people getting better stronger and faster and actually supporting the podcast if they want to do that sure do you have any suggestions for us sure of course I do I can talk about the fact that origin has a new key coming out <laughs> good one I don't know that the name of the gi, you know how geese have names, mm. you know, like, okay. the, well, Origin does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Axiom. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, you know, yep. that's a cool name too, by the way, Axiom. But this one is called, I think, Discipl- Discipline? I think, I think it it's might, called Discipline. I think it might be called Discipline. Yeah. Not The Discipline. This just Discipline. This Discipline, I th- it could be called that. Sure. You can check it out. OriginMain.com, right? Yeah. Surprisingly, aesthetically great <laughs> I would say it's I would say it's probably is the term they use like on brand on it, brand meaning yeah. it, it kind of fits 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 your brand okay sure <laughs> I'd, I'd say it does that by jaw yeah yeah it totally does it um it's like yeah it does, it's not the kind where you know like some geese like you look at them you can tell there's like all these bells and whistles as far oh, as decorations yeah, yeah, yeah. go, yeah, you know? yeah, that's a good word. It's decorations. N- yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but We're here's not the, looking for decorations. Here's sorry. the thing, though. There are some. There are some. Uh, how should I say? Functional decorations. Now, that's not actually a good word for it. Anyway, it it looks cool. Put it that way. <laughs> it looks cool, in a real basic way. Um, kind of lighter weight one, for functionality, but awesome nonetheless. Uh, look at it. I got a white one. I know you got the black one. That's cool. <laughs> How do you know I don't have both? Yeah, I'm sure you do have both. <laughs> and I'm still working on the black one, but that's a long story. Nonetheless, it's a good one. And a lot, like back when we first started, everyone would ask, and I don't want to say everyone, but a lot of people. Yeah. You know, I don't like that. I, yeah, it feels no, weird. I know me you saying don't like it. saying that. Like, yeah, a lot of people. You just have to say some me. people. Some people. 
But the thing is, a lot of people, though, <laughs> it's like a lot of people ask, what that, gi you know? should I get? Yeah. I'm making the disclaimer. It was a lot of people. It wasn't right. the kind like, oh, you know, my little brother asked me once and then asked yeah. me again. It was, it's a lot of people. Maybe two times a week. Two times a week for two years, by the way. That's a lot of people <laughs> it's a decent asking people. the same exact question. Anyway, they ask like, oh, what kind of gi should I get or whatever. Right, right. Now there's like, yeah, origin gis. And then now I'm saying, get this one. This is the one <laughs> straight up. Check, check. I don't know that I'll wear any other gi. I'm not saying I won't. I'm just saying I don't know that I. Yeah. And actually, I don't know if you will. know this. Did you know that they're going to sell this gi and a certain number of them, 400, mm-hmm. you're going to get copy of discipline equals freedom field manual oh dang yeah signed dang. i signed them all <laughs> so if you want to sign oh, copy so you, you can know. get that gi and yeah yeah it'd be cool it's like a little little, little bonus yeah. yeah little discipline package yeah if you end up hating jujitsu what do you do to hang Sell up the it, gi. hang it up hang up the yeah. gi and hopefully you don't hate jujitsu like that one uh question today yeah hopefully you love jujitsu most yeah. likely you'll love jujitsu you could yeah hopefully yeah if you're getting the discipline equals freedom gi is it discipline equals freedom gi or just discipline i think it might just be called the deaf gi i don't know deaf gi well yeah that's good def discipline yeah. equals freedom it's good it's embroidered has the american made yeah and it is made in america like all the words and stuff by yes the way. yeah that's a good one anyway look at that one get that one if you're still looking for a gi, get that one. Yeah. Even if you're not looking for a gi, just look at this gi. Brandon Pickworth, he 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 said on Twitter, he's gonna get the gi even though he's not training jujitsu. Dang. And good. and actually I, I have I didn't respond to Brandon, but I'll respond right now. Mm-hmm. Get the gi and train jujitsu. Yeah, yeah, Brandon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the kind where he's gonna he's gonna, by the way. He's yeah, gonna yeah, yeah. he's gonna get the gi. It's like he But he, then train jujitsu, dude. Yeah, he's gonna. Come on. I that's my bet. Yeah. I would I almost am challenging him to prove me wrong. That's how he much he already I th- went I know and proved to everyone that he could do a hundred burpees in ten minutes. It was yeah. a challenge for him. It was hard for him. Yeah, but he did it. Yeah, and that was his original challenge. Now we're gonna by see him way. on the mat. Yeah, he's gonna. You can't just get the gi yeah. when you put it on. And this goes for pretty much any like legitimate gi. When you put it on, you're you like, train. You're, <laughs> and this is true. Like you ever um like we we did it in Maine. Like it, it yeah. happens all the time. When you had you put on the gi just to oh, you know, yeah, feel yeah. it and you when start grabbing I it. grab it, you're like, like Oh, yeah. it's time, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, same man. thing with the That's rash guards too. Same exact thing. Yep. Yeah. Exactly right. <laughs> cool. The, and this gi is no different. In fact, it might even have that even more. Yeah. That feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Nonetheless. Um yeah, so it comes from Origin. If you didn't already pick that part up originmain.com there's a lot of geese on there even if you want to get a another one other than the you know what I'm gonna do I have all the patches that you know how like like Nako Nolan and yeah. you know they'll, they'll give you like their, oh, their yeah, police yeah, yeah, patches yeah, yeah. and yeah. stuff like that I'm gonna have all of them on my gee. all of them how many do you have about 12. Okay, because I have like 90. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've got so many awesome patches yeah. from fire departments, police departments, military units all over the country. Foreign. Yeah, yeah I got a lot of stuff. Yeah. That would be a big gi. <laughs> yeah. You got to put them on multiple gis. Yeah. If you got the black and the white. Yeah, well, uh, it wouldn't have enough room. Yeah. And a lot of patches, bro. Yeah. Yeah, and there's certain places you can't really put them too, so that even limits you more. Mm. But I'm doing it. I'm yeah. starting it. And if I run out of space, I'm getting another gi. Boom. I'm going to keep it going. I do kind of risk people saying, hey, you're not law enforcement. Why are you wearing that patch? Like some of those patches yeah. to me seem like 
you like you give me a NASA one. Like that's yeah. like dude, shoot, should I yeah. be even wearing this patch? This yeah, we got we got friends at NASA. Dang. Boom. I'm gonna wear it. I'm gonna say this is from my friends at NASA. Yeah. Yeah. Straight up. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, back to origin. Origin, that's all American made stuff. From the cotton out of the ground. American. To the factory, American factory in America, in Maine. Mm-hmm. Make the material, make the clothing, make the geese, make the rash guards, make the what else do they have? Some, some bags, some tacky, yeah, yeah, gym bags and whatnot. Accessories, I believe they're called. Accessories, yeah. They're like beanies and t-shirts. And All stuff. made in America. Yeah, I think when I told Jordan Peterson that, I think he liked it. Yeah, even though even though he's not American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still, and, and and the supplements. Yeah, from Origin Labs. Yeah, right. those are Jocko supplements. So here's the thing. I'm gonna I'll go into the details later. But Super Krill, there is a legitimate difference between Super Krill and regular Krill oil. There is, and it's very beneficial. I'm not gonna say it right now, but just know Super Krill oil, Jocko brand, Joint Warfare, Jocko brand. For your joints, supplements. Boom, Jocko came out with it. That's the stuff. From the beginning, that was the main supplements, you know, joint stuff, krill oil. You're the number one reason, not even the number the only reason I started taking it. And I'm kind of mad I didn't take it before. Yeah, you were behind. Yeah, and now you got your own one, which is even better. Yeah, it's super, as a matter super. of fact. Super, yeah. But it's it, not just a name, though. That's and the, the, and the joint warfare. That's the point. The joint warfare has uh, some magic in it. Sure. In my opinion. Sure. And and in awesome. my shoulders opinion. Yeah. My left shoulder. Both of my shoulders, my back and my elbows. So yeah, orjaming.com. That's the place to go. Also, some legitimate fitness gear. Everyone knows I'm into kettlebells now. I get mine from on it. They're the cool ones straight up. That's it. I don't think I could go back to regular kettlebells. It's <laughs> my opinion. Got the werewolf, got the Bigfoot. 90 pounds, two pounds heavier than Jocko's heaviest kettlebell every rep. I think Jordan Peterson was impressed with that too, by the way. Yeah, he was. That makes one of us. (laughs) (laughs) Also, oh, sorry, onit.com slash Jocko. That's the one. That's the good spot. Anyway, also, good way to support. When you buy books that Jocko reviews, I guess technically I kind of help review them in a real kind of distant indirect way. <laughs> yes indirect <laughs> distant way anyway uh, those books very compelling books when you get them go to the website jockpodcast.com little tab on the top says books from podcast go through there buy the books through there that's a good way to support take it to amazon shop in just the way you know prime one day shipping whatever you choose just like anything else but go through that's a good way to support and do any other shopping you have to do. Carry on. Good way to support. Also, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, depending on what kind of platform you prefer or is available to you. Because iPhone, I think, doesn't have Stitcher, right? No, my iPhone has Stitcher. Oh, wait. No. Android doesn't have iOS. I don't know. Apple. Yeah, I don't think you could listen to it. Well, maybe. I don't know either. I don't know. But you can get it, man. Yeah, The the podcast is out there. You can subscribe to it. The point is subscribe to it. Yes. Yes. Subscribe to it on that one. It's a good one. Leave a review if you want. If you're in the mood, leave a review. Also subscribe to it on YouTube. 
the video version of this podcast. It's a yep. good one. Still, and I, I still do get the, the whole thing like, oh, Echo, you don't look like you sound. Mm-hmm. And Maybe I remember. you should change the way you talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or change the way I look. I don't know. Mm. You never get, know. Get skinny. Yeah. Get and less jacked. That is, <laughs> it is kind of an intuitive hey, thing. Hey, YouTube comments, like one out of every 20 YouTube comments is Echo's jacked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. It, it kind of is because you wouldn't think that you could determine what someone looks like by what they sound like, but it feels like you can. I think a lot of times you can. I don't know though, actually, now that you think about like talk show hosts on radios yeah. and yeah, you don't know what, yeah, it's kind of can't. I guess it's a, uh, it's, it's, it, it's harder to do than you think. Yeah. It feels like you can. Yeah. You like feel if, like you can. If someone has like a, I don't know, like a deep voice, you think they're huge or something or, yeah. you know, like something like that. Not necessarily true. Yeah. Not true at all. Remember that Seinfeld one? No. There, the, the guy was like, <laughs> she, I think Elaine, who's the girl in there, she was like, she's like, oh, he had a, a good looking voice or something like he sounded like he was good looking mm. or something like that how'd it turn out uh i think i don't know i forget i think he was Jeez, good that looking. was not worth tell, telling that story you didn't even remember yeah. it yeah the analogy i didn't remember it but it reminded me of that nonetheless anyway youtube subscribe to youtube that's the point there regardless of if you want to know what i look like or not doesn't even matter what i look like really barely maybe a little bit i guess maybe i see because if I see you out in the wild, it'll you know we can recognize each other. If you know what I look like, beneficial. You know There's times when people will recognize you, and you'll like say, "Oh yeah, this is Echo Charles," and yeah, you can tell on their face out. they're like, "Oh wait, are you sure that this is Echo <laughs> yeah, Charles?" Yeah, yeah. You know, kind oh, of thing. I've enco- encountered that for sure, for real. Like I know, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, this sure. person just listen. That's cool. Yeah. I dig it. Yeah. But if you want to avoid that kind of situation, subscribe to YouTube. Good way to do it and good way to support. Also, Jocko has a store. It's called Jocko Store. JockoStore.com. We have t-shirts on there if you want these t-shirts. I'm wearing my good t-shirt right now. I haven't worn this one in a the long original. time. The original. It's like, a, it's really high quality. Layers too, by the way. The good is backwards to look at in the mirror. That message is for you. If you think about the whole message of good, I mean, I know you said it, you know, to, you know, you're like good kind of thing, but you were kind of like you guys had the the luxury of you being there to be able to explain it. Mm. If someone's going through like something hard, it's you can't just automatically just say good. It kind of comes off kind of weird. Yeah. Potentially. That's why I put this backwards because it's like you tell yourself good. You see what I'm saying? That's the layer. That's the little inside to the layer. I'm not going to go deep and I'm not going to go into any of the other explanations for the other layers. But just know that they have layers on all the clothing on JockoStore.com. Check it out. I'm not saying to buy something. I'm saying go on there. Look on there. If you like something, get something. Good way to support. There's some women's stuff on there. T-shirts, like I said. Some patches. Rash guards for jujitsu or anything physical, cycling, anything requiring range of motion, maybe some compression situations. High aesthetic value, but not too high because it's more about functionality. That's my take on the whole deal. But they do look good. And they have layers. Hoodies are in. Being shipped out right now. Ooh, They're nice. in heavy. Do you have one? No. 
Dang, girl, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are in California, so yeah, you know, still, it's not it's time. that big of a deal. You know, you got your old one, it's all good. Uh, but yeah, there's some hoodies on there. Uh, some Warrior Kids rash guards are coming. Boom. Because people have been asking me about that. Because nice. I wore one, that was like a test one. And yeah. I wore one while I was training with Dave, Dave Burke. And they're like, oh, Warrior Kid rash guard, you know, whatever. But I was trying to narrow down kind of the yeah. colors and stuff. But they're narrowed down and they should be available within the next week and a half. Where are those made? Those are made all in America. Nice. All in America, Warrior Kid rash guards. Also, there's another kind of cool, fun one, but I won't talk about that one until later. Also, good way to support yourself, Psychological Warfare. If you don't know what that is, it's an album with tracks, Jocko tracks, and there are to aid you in the event of you needing aid in your campaign against weakness, on your path, on the path. Okay, so here's the thing about the path. It's not always going to be easy. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Every day, man. This is not a one-day gig. This is an everyday gig. <laughs> Every day is a Monday. Yeah. On the path. Here's a, I will say this, though. Okay. So, and you, you read the, the letter for the guy with, with drinking. I, yep. I could relate to that deeply. Mm-hmm. Deeply could relate to that. And in a way, and I, I don't want to go too deep into it, but in a way, the my situation was in a way harder because the drinking wasn't preventing me from working out. It wasn't preventing me from doing like a lot of stuff. It was only preventing me from doing like a handful of things. Mm-hmm. But those things I really wanted to do, but it was really preventing me. Or it was, put it this way, it was making it super difficult. And then just the fact of like, I'm drinking every single day, you know, kind yeah. of thing. And the more you do, you know how you, the more you get in the routine it, it, on some uh, with something, the, the harder it the harder it is to just straight up break that routine, especially when it provides the payoff is like drinking does chemically. I mean, you yeah. know, like when you drink, it's the, like the a, instantaneous yeah, payoff. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Not the long-term payoff. No long-term, long-term payoff negative. Like not even proportionately more beneficial to, to, to stop drinking. Like, you know, when he said, um, wow, this is how everyday people walk around yeah. feeling good. Yeah. That's Bro, really, in, really in, I felt that statement, right? That's so true. That's exactly what I thought. I'm like, dang, no wonder freaking these people, Jocko doesn't drink, right? So no wonder Jocko's doing all this stuff. I could, I could do all that stuff too. That's how you feel. I'm not yeah. saying I'm doing all this stuff. Too, so. <laughs> well, I'm just saying that's the feeling. So I could, I could dig it. Anyway, point is when you're on this path, it's not always easy, but psychological warfare is there to get you through those difficult parts, parts that you admit. Or that you can admit that you need maybe a little little push, little help, little spot. Waking up early, procrastinating, that's a big one. Skipping the workout, that kind of stuff. Psychological warfare. Okay, so there's a track for every little weakness you might encounter. Skipping the diet or, or, or slacking on the diet, that's a good one. Um, but yeah, check that one out and, uh, you know, see what up. Good way to support yourself in your on the path, when you're on the path, and support the podcast as also, you can get some Jocko white tea, which tastes like victory and will make you feel really good. Yeah. You can get that on Amazon. The books, Way the Warrior Kid, number one, which we just covered. Obviously, it is not just a book for kids. Yeah, Uncle Jake has something to teach all of us, myself yeah. included. It's for adults and teenagers and anyone else that wants to 
have a better life. Can I add something about where the work is? Yeah. Which, and I, <clears throat> I'm on a cycle. I just read it over and over again, like as just like a routine. To, you, daughter. to your daughter, yeah. Yeah, she's four and a half, so she can't quite read yet. Um, but the, there's little things in there that it's like, this is really good that these kids are getting this this message because it's stuff that as an adult, you're like, dang, I never really, even though you know it, like, okay, and this is what it is. When you're like, how do you expect to be good at something if you don't practice? And like, little seems kids obvious, don't, right? Little kids don't know that. They don't. They straight up don't. Yeah. And, you gotta and practice I feel like we kind of forget that in yeah. a way. No, we know? absolutely do. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's for sure. There's a lot in that book. And, and sometimes I read that book and I and there's even more in there than I even recognized. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Yes. Because I, I the lessons that are coming out of my head, they're so important. They're like beyond my own comprehension. Yeah. And I was just explaining the book Way of the Warrior Kid 2, which is going to come out. And I was I was just talking through a, a with a guy yesterday like what what it's about. Mm-hmm. And as I'm explaining everything that it's about, it's a lot of stuff. <laughs> and it's a lot of really important <laughs> lessons. Yes. Um but yeah, it starts with Way of the Warrior Kid. Uh, the second Warrior Kid book will be out April 28th, 2018. Actually, speaking of books, there is Extreme Ownership, a new edition. A new edition is out. It's not a totally new book. It's a new edition of it. It's going to be available November 21st. You can get it for pre-order right now on Amazon if you want it. Um, it's got a new forward in it. So, so Leif and I wrote a new forward. It has some color pictures in it. Um, also the, the new cover is black we changed the cover from white to black why because black it's dope. yes because <laughs> it looks cooler way cooler <laughs> also and this is interesting there's a new Q&A section in the back of the book that is actually from this podcast yes. so I kind of rounded up the most prominent leadership questions that 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 we've answered on this podcast and wrote them up and kind of ed I had to edit them a little bit to make sure that they made sense without without everything we talked about today without the tone and the the pacing of what's being said. Mm-hmm. So I had to edit them a little bit, but they're they're what they're what the answers were given on this podcast, and they're all from everyone's questions. So everyone. Uh, appreciate the questions everyone that listens to the podcast you helped us write this next section of this book echo Charles is in it as the question asker so echo Charles is in the book and I'll hold it up if you're on YouTube there's the new book right there boom this one or, or sorry extreme ownership available November 21st also you can get the book discipline equals freedom field manual it's a manual for getting after it so if you want to get after it get get the field manual discipline equals freedom thoughts and actions they're both in there it's been great again getting great feedback appreciate everyone's feedback it's pretty straightforward book no fluff involved Mm -hmm. not not making you read a bunch of words to get to my point sure here's my point boom you can get it Anywhere that they that they sell books including Obviously Amazon Barnes and Noble you can get it at Walmart by the way target the publisher shipped that out to everywhere mm. So you can pick it up. It's a good book to give to people in my opinion. It's it's 
it's not just like giving someone a book. You're giving them something a little bit more than a book. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like something a little bit more than a book. It's yeah. I don't know if I can't I can't explain it too well right now. Well, look but, at it. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you can look at it. It's it's not normal. Yeah. I would say it's not normal. Okay. Um, if you want the audio version of that book, which a lot of people have been asking about. The audio version is available. It is not on Audible, and it is not going to be on Audible. Mm-hmm. It is made, and we put it together, Echo directed and produced the album that also has tracks. So it's an album with tracks, <laughs> and it's available as MP3 anywhere that you can get MP3 tracks for sale, iTunes, Amazon Music, Music, Google Play, wherever, whatever MP3 platform you utilize, you can find it there. And if you like the leadership principles that we talk about on this podcast and you want to get them for your team or your business, we have a leadership and management consulting company. It's called Echelon Front. It's me, it's Leif Babin, it's JP Donnell, it's Dave Burke. You can email info at echelonfront.com or you can just check out the website echelonfront.com and if you have more questions or you have answers to the questions that we covered that are better than the answers that we gave today and you want to share them with us that'd be cool I want to learn you can find us we're actually on the interwebs on Twitter on Instagram on dash facey boy echo is at echo Charles and I am at Jocko Willink and to close out I want to say thanks to our military that's out there on the front lines I recently got reports of Isis in Iraq sending kids to to surrender to coalition forces but they've been laden with suicide bombs and rigged to blow up and as these kids would approach the areas set aside for surrender to American forces they would the Americans would see the terror in their eyes and realize that there was something wrong and American military men especially explosive ordnance disposal technicians would risk their lives time and time again to go disarm these bombs risking their lives so that these young children can live who, who even does that I'll tell you who America's servicemen and women they are the finest and we thank them for their service and sacrifice and to police and law enforcement firefighters paramedics other first responders thank you for doing your job extremely difficult often thankless keeping us safe here on the home front and to everyone else that is listening remember this if there's something in your life that you want to change then change it you have control and if you don't think you have control then take control get a grip on your life and start getting after it So until next time, this is Echo and Jocko out.